0: Time Zach is here. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel, most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Ben.
1: And I suppose you think I'm a greedy, unscrupulous sellout who do just about anything for money. We are continuing on with the fort year, and yes, Ben, I know you do think that about me. <laughs> this...
0: Yeah, he actually interrupted me. I was going to say that that was spot on.
1: Yes, that's a, I think I was voted most likely to be a greedy, unscrupulous sellout who'd do just about anything for money in my high school yearbook. <laughs>
0: Isn't that why we started the Patreon?
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: You, you like held a gun to my head and we're like, we got to do this.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we are continuing on with the 2001 Fort Year talking about Lara Croft Tomb Raider, and we're doing its sequel as well. So, Ben, are you ready to raid some tombs? Is is that a
0: porn thing? We...
1: I'm glad you said that, because if if you had said yes... I was going to say, well, I'm not ready. There's some things we need to discuss before we can get into raiding some tombs. And some of them, we're going to get to the porn. Don't worry, Ben. We're getting to the porn. We have some things before the porn. There's actually something that we have to clean up from our Shrek episode. And that's the last time Ben was here. And there was something that I forgot to mention in our Shrek discussion that should have been mentioned. We talked about the song All Star by Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. But we forgot to mention that that music video was directed by Mick G. Now we have a question on this podcast that Zach and I have asked each other before, but we've never been able to answer, and I want to ask you, Ben, what the fuck is a Mick G? Do you know what the fuck a Mick G is? A Mick G?: Yes. Just the, and it's just three letters: M, C, G. Mick G. <laughs> What, what the is, fuck is
0: this? <laughs> what does G normally stand for? Grand? Ganja? Is this like the McDonald's version of weed? Is
1: that <laughs> that, would, that would be interesting if if McDonald's sell sold marijuana and you could get a McG like you know you want like a G like a gram you get yeah, a McG yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's what it is it's it's a it's a gram of McDonald's weed, which is is by by weight at least half preservatives
1: oh absolutely. Um. <laughs> I like that notion of it's a gram of McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) I would like one gram of McDonald's, please. (laughs) So, so I couldn't—when I was editing the Shrek episode, I was like, how did I forget to bring up that McG-directed Smash Mouse All-Star? Um, we, don't, we still, to this day, don't know what a McG is, but McG has also directed the Charlie's Angels movies, uh, Terminator Salvation, We Are Marshall, and something, Ben, that you recommended to me once that I, I, I did not enjoy, but I think you liked it, the Netflix movie The Babysitter— do you remember that? But like the demonic, like the babysitter was like a demon or a, a witch, like a yeah, Wiccan Yeah, they were trying person. to like
0: kill a virgin or an innocent or something. Yeah, I I think I recommended that movie to you because when I watched it, it was not what I expected it to be.
1: Okay, okay. But that is also directed by McGee, whatever the fuck a McGee is. Are you sure it's not like MCG? Like he, that's
0: his like stage name? He's MC Genius or something and they shortened it?
1: we we are sure even though he has never come on this podcast and our as of course our rule is we can call people whatever we want until they come on and tell us how to pronounce their name but there are wonderful wonderful interviews with mcg where he's basically like my one regret in my career was that when i was younger and i had to register with the director's guild of america i registered as mcg i should have registered as a normal name and so it's like i got a tattoo when I was younger and now i hate it that's how he talks about his name it's wonderful
0: <laughs> okay uh, yeah, that makes sense. I would feel the same way, I think, if I put my entire career not right? <laughs> on, on my name.
1: <laughs> it's also always interesting when you see that in a movie. It's like a film by Mick G. And you're like, did they f- not type the rest of the word out? Because it, it's like never, it never looks right. It's so short. Oh, God. But so that we had to talk about with our Shrek episode. Now, something else related to the Shrek episode. It's a story that I had that actually happened later in the evening when we sat down and recorded the Shrek episode. Thankfully, it's not related to the concept of Shrek like McG was. But Ben, if you recall, at the end of our Shrek episode, I told a story about how... While I was watching Shrek, a bunch of people showed up outside my apartment. They were very loud. And then they just kind of like walked away eventually after my neighbor screamed at them about someone parking in their spot. And I said in that episode, I don't think I'm ever going to get any more info about that event. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have more info about that event. But later that night, uh, when we recorded Shrek, and two days, I guess, yeah, three nights after... Uh, that first event happened. Something else happened outside my apartment that was absolutely wonderful and i wanna I wanna complete this saga because it hasn 't happened for a while now, and I don 't think we're ever gonna get it again. Maybe me saying that will guarantee i 'll have another story <laughs> later on but so so after we recorded our Shrek episode, kind of that middle of that Saturday, you know i we went about our business. I had some other people uh stop by my place because we were going on a little vacation the next day, and so basically, you know it got pretty late at night. And me and these people were hanging out. And while we're hanging out in my apartment, maybe around, like, 2 a.m. or something like that, we just start to hear screaming. Like, we just hear screaming, but, like, angry screaming. And not as in, like, someone is yelling words very angrily, but straight up, like, actual, oh! Oh! And so... Uh, we're like, what is that? And of course we have like the TV on and stuff, but we can still hear it because as Ben knows, my apartment is at the end of a row of buildings. So the outside is my neighbor basically. And so we start hearing the screaming and the other people that are in my apartment are like, what is that? And I'm like, it's just some drunk people that live in my apartment complex. That's my best guess. And they're like, that's crazy. What's it about? I'm like, I have no idea. And I tell them, like, while this, we're hearing this screaming, that it happened, like, two or three nights ago. They were just loud people. And I was like, it's whatever. And so we start we, – the screaming gets louder as I'm telling them this. Like, you can tell that the person is walking by my apartment just going, oh! <laughs> which is, which is kinda weird, but at the same time I'm like, whatever. As long as they're not bothering, like ramming into the side of my building or anything, I'm fine with it or trying to get in my backyard. But we, we keep hearing the screaming and the other people like laughing about it, but then, As it gets closer, we start making out another person talking. And we know it's another person because the screaming is still going. Another person starts talking over the screaming, saying things like, calm down, cool off, like, it's okay, and stuff like that. So clearly, we have, like, one person who's just roided out, it sounds like, his guttural, angry screaming, and someone trying to calm him down. And, of course, where do they stop to talk about this other than directly in front of my apartment? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is very strange to me because, yes, my apartment's on a corner and it might be like the the natural place to stop. But it is also directly across from the leasing office that is patrolled by like security people every 45 minutes or something. So I don't get why people stop here. But they stop there and the guy is like huffing and puffing. The other guy is like calm down, cool off and all that stuff. And at this point, since it's so close and we can hear it. We, like, mute the TV or pause what we're watching, and this is our entertainment. We're like, we're going to listen to where this goes. And we are so glad we did this because after the guy stops screaming and angrily screaming, he starts saying things very drunkenly. Things like, I would never hit her. I would never lay a hand on her. She's the mother of my children. She has given me two beautiful children, and I would never hit her. And he's just, like, repeating things along those lines. Like, just permutations of those sentences. And we're like, okay, something's going on. Like, something happened in some other apartment. And the other dude's like, I know. It's good. You got out of there. You did the right thing. Like, calm down. It's okay. And all that stuff. And so... We're just like, uh, okay, this is this is like soap opera right in front of my apartment. It's great. And so the guy starts to cool down and they they're just talking. And, you know, we want to see what's going on and I want to see how close these people are. So as they're kind of like calm down and they're just talking at a much more reasonable level. We go upstairs in my apartment and we like open the blinds to see where it is, because if they're close enough to my apartment, if you just look out the front window, they would have seen us. They would have been like someone is just looking at us because they're only like a few feet away from the window. So we go upstairs to try and be a little discreet and we go upstairs. We like undo the blinds and we're looking at them and we're just like, I'm like, okay, I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea if these were two of the 20 people that were outside of my building a few nights ago, but you know, they're just like kind of calming down and I'm like, okay, things are blowing over. Like, like good. Nobody got thrown into my door or anything. I'm fine. But as we're ready to kind of give up on this, we start hearing like more loud people and very noticeably, these loud people are women. You can tell by the tone of voice. And so for some reason, like a group of people and What seems to be two very loud women at, like, the the spearhead of this group are coming to, like, encounter these two guys right out front of my fucking apartment. And they are screaming so shrilly that we can't make out anything they're saying. But we are watching them just get right up in this dude's face. And so from what I gather, and I think what anybody could gather, these women or some women think that this guy hit another girl. And the guy's like, no, I wouldn't do that, because I love him saying, he said it so many times, she has given me two beautiful, wonderful children, and I would never hit her.
0: I would never hit those children. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just imagining him mixing up the sentences. You know, oh, yeah, great. yeah.
1: So, so he she they're, like, getting in his face, and they're just, like, pointing at him and, like, screaming at him. And it's very much like, I haven't seen anything like this in real life since, like, high school or something. It's so just ridiculous, like, you know, college party-ish type of thing, I, I guess. And they're, like, getting into his face. The guy's just kind of stoically standing there. The dude who is trying to calm him down is, like, trying to, like, keep them back because they really want to, like, get at him type of thing. And me and the people in my apartment are like, okay, this is great. Like, you know, we don't want like cops to get called or anything, but this is pretty entertaining. <laughs> make
0: make some popcorn, pull up a chair.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like the three of us just kind of huddled around in the dark in my upstairs room, just looking out of like right in front of my apartment. And so as we're watching this, we're like, what's going to happen? Like, like all these there's now all these people. There's clearly like a center, like an eye of the storm, where these women are just yelling at this dude, and this guy's trying to defuse the situation. I felt so bad for that other guy. But then, one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen in my life happens. This dude, who's getting yelled at, who hasn't, who was originally screaming and has been pretty quiet while he's got been getting in his face, he slaps both of the women in one stroke. Like, like you see him. Ch-choo-choo. Like I'm doing the hand motion for Ben. Like he just like he doesn't even wind up. He kind of his his right arm's like down by his side. He kind of like just tilts back a little bit and then hits these two women. And they're lined up in his face in such a way that he's able to like get both of them on the on the cheek. And like everybody was blown away. Like there was a universal moment of silence because nobody knew what had happened. Like everybody in the group was like <gasps> me and the people in my apartment were like, oh my god whoever else was, like, watching this from their apartment in my apartment complex, I'm sure they had the same reaction. But this dude like, bitch slapped both of these women with one stroke. There was this universal moment of silence, and then you immediately hear the two women go like And they start crying and they start sobbing. And the dude who's trying to like diffuse the situation is like, oh, my God, like we have to get out of here. And so these girls start like sobbing and they're like, Ah, he hit us and stuff like that. Other people are like coming to console them. This dude, like just the dude diffusing things, grabs this guy and kind of like leads him like towards the exit of my apartment complex, which I assume is where they parked this time closer to the street. Because they got yelled at, if it's the same people from the other time, about parking in somebody else's spot. And so, like, this, these two dudes just kind of, like, jog away <laughs> into into somewhere I can't see. And then the rest of this group is kind of like, like, oh, calm down, stuff like that. And then they go back into the apartment complex. And that was the excitement for that Saturday night. But I... We uh, To this day, this is going to be a story. Like, we were talking about, we have, like, a road trip, me and these other people that stayed at my apartment for, like, the next, like, almost two weeks. We were talking about this, like, the whole trip. <laughs> we were like, it was a confluence of perfect events that you can slap two people <laughs> with one stroke. It was absolutely wonderful. And since that happened, there has not been uh, a another type of, like, loud event in front of my apartment, which is pretty good. I'm happy about that. But... I I don't want I they're entertaining, but if they're going to escalate in this way, I think like somebody's going to eventually get shot in front of my apartment, and I don't want that to happen. So this is a good peek, I think.
0: <laughs> so that that's a good story, Rob. <laughs> I I appreciate that you told me that story. I'm glad I got to bear witness to it, <laughs> third or fourth hand or whatever it is when it's through the internet. Uh, it reminds me of when I was young. Uh, I lived in a kind of a rowdy place. Okay people fighting was not abnormal Sure um, sure in, including adults like you expect kids to fight to some degree but like drunk adults sometimes fighting teenagers sometimes <laughs> fighting other adults Oh yeah <laughs> you,
1: as you do yeah
0: <laughs> And I I am no stranger to the screaming that that you were describing it it was it was probably more often than not on the weekends that I got to hear some kind of screaming match <laughs> about somebody who who either didn't cheat on somebody else or who didn't hit somebody or, you know, it's, I, I just, I, I can only hope. And I, I I thought you were going to say it that, uh, that he, as he was running away, continued to scream that he would never hit a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I would never do. I would never hit two women at once. (laughs) She gave me two beautiful faces to slap and I didn't even know. So I, that, that would be that like would the be...
1: perfect cherry on top of if this got turned into like a comedy sketch, where it starts with him being like, "I would never hit a woman, especially not her. She's mother of my children." Blah blah blah. And then this whole thing's happened as he's running away. He's like, "I had to make an exception.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you deserved it. I don't. I don't hit women who don't deserve it. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's interesting. I." The thing you said about somebody eventually getting shot, it definitely happened more than once that I heard gunfire oh, a- sure. after things like this going on. So uh, – and I've known people that were in, like, across-the-street shootouts and shit. Uh, so, yeah, I, for your sake, also hope that it does not continue <laughs> <that slowly. laughs>
1: to To be fair, you know, after this happened on that Saturday night – um i was away from my apartment for about two weeks it could have escalated other things could have happened i was just not here for it but i didn't hear anything like it would have been crazy if i come back and there's a chalk outline of a body like right at the end of my walk
0: (laughs) yeah that that would have been great i um i mean it would have been a clear indicator that it hadn't rained in a little while (laughs) (laughs) but nice that's that was a fun story yes i um once in in undergrad my sister had come up to visit, and uh, I, I was on the second floor. I had a balcony, and we heard some some rowdiness outside. And we we opened the balcony door and stepped outside. And I shit you not, there were like thirty people in the parking lot fighting each other,
1: <laughs> like a, like a, just a giant battle royale type of
0: thing. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, it appeared to be like that. The football team for the college had gotten in some kind of in some kind of beef with some other group of people, <laughs> and there was one guy he. I referred to him as a Samoan. I have no idea what he actually was. Sure. He was a rather large person, and I saw him drop three people with one punch each, just in a row. <laughs> and I was just like, "God damn, don't get in that guy's way," you know. And then I sat out there and smoked cigarettes and watched. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> very entertaining. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's if these were easier to come by or if in some sense, if these were scheduled, I would totally say that we should like, you know, do an episode about like just public fights and stuff like that. But it, it's so hard to actually catch it, it seems, or there's no way to like prepare for unless unless we do an episode on how we're going to like plan and cause a public fight. And then we discuss it. <laughs> I mean,
0: it really just depends on where you go. If if you uh, if, if you lived in a town I grew up in, public fights were not that uncommon, and video footage of them always circulated around the school afterward. Yes, after. yes. So that was.
1: I would love if we like went up to like just people fighting somewhere in public. And they were like, What are you doing? Like, you want to get in on this? And we just like, No, we ha-. and we have like cinema these press passes and be like, We're here. We're just journalists. We're going to talk about this on the internet. And they're like, Okay, okay. <laughs> I,
0: I actually, um, we, we stick around after the fight. We need you to sign press releases. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm da-
0: And then we could have like our, uh, our special Patreon segments where we're just like talking. Some of them could be these. UFC commentating, commentating
1: yes. out in the street. Yes, absolutely. Oh god, oh god. So yeah, that was the. So I, I we had to clean up the the Shrek All Star music video. We had to clean up that little story I had. Uh, we're not we're not ready to raid tombs yet, though. There's more. There's more to be done, and it actually comes in the form of some emails that we got from Cinemodities, and just like we did at the start of the 2001 Fort year, I want to talk about again some very great spam emails that we've received. We get a bunch of spam emails at some point somewhere along along the line. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Someone, like, used our email for something. So we get a bunch of spam email. But they think that our first name is Cinemod and our last name is Diddy's. It's very weird to get, like, oh, Mr. Diddy's, collect your payment now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Cinemod, we haven't heard from you. Or Cinemod, thanks for signing up. <laughs> Sinema, that's a great name. And so that's first, what the internet thinks our name Yes, definitely. That's what the internet thinks our name is. And I and I we get so many, I do like go through them, not like very carefully, but I'll look for the ones that stand out because every once in a while we get a really good one, like we talked about in our sugar and spice episode, where Mrs. Matter and Orld had cancer that was uncontrollable or something like that. So we have some good ones that I wanted to bring up. One of them stood out to me right off the bat because the the font in the subject was different from the usual font that comes through an email. And I don't know, like, what font it is. I think the font was, like, closer to Helvetica, but it was clearly noticeable. And so that drew my attention to it. But then immediately after, I see that the subject of this email is the is the sentence, he gave a thousand women herpes, then cured it. Like, T-H-A-N. <laughs> So he gave a thousand women herpes, then cured it, and I was like, "Well, how am I not gonna look into this spam email?" And when I when I went into this email, the body of the email states: this is all it says in the body. Mad doctor injects thousands with herpes, then cures it. Comma, herpes strain shrinks your brain, and how to fix it, and then a link so you can click and you'll probably get computer herpes, but. Uh, the, so that was all that was in that email. And I love just – you're trying to get someone's attention. It'd be like, he gave a 1,000 women herpes. Van cured it. <laughs> <laughs> Van? Van cured it. And I love also that it's T-H-A-N in the subject, but it's T-H-E-N in the body of the email. And so these people who are doing spam emails, I, if they're even people at this point, I don't know. They're, they're just off their rocker, and it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Um, so herpes strain shrinks your brain. How to fix it? We might never know. There was another spam email, uh, that I, I really enjoyed because, you know, we, we get some repeats. We'll always get some from, like, all these, these kind of, for some reason, like, someone signed us up for, like, recipes of the day, and so we just get some recipes. It's very weird. They're like, hey, Cinemod, here's your recipe for the day, and stuff like that. And so I, I get used to, like, seeing all these common ones, but every once in a while, one will jump out at me, and we got an email from opti sperm so opti sperm one word opti sperm no text in the e- in the body of the email like when you open this email it's a blank email not a signature not a link nothing but the subject says greatly improve your chances of getting pregnant i am very upset that there's it says, greatly improve your chance of getting pregnant, with no way for me to give any information to these people. Like, it is literally just text that says this. So, Cinemontides might be having a baby soon. Um, ben, what is your chance of getting pregnant right now? Do you know?
0: My ch- my chance of getting pregnant at this very moment? At this
1: very moment. 17? That could be 17 apples? Babies? <laughs> <laughs> Just 17. Just it's unitless. It's like radians. Well, optisperm can greatly increase those chances. I would say my chance of getting pregnant right now is a 50-50. Like, it's a coin toss. <laughs> okay. So, so I, these two emails stood out to me because we don't usually get emails like this about STDs or about pregnancy or anything like that. But actually... This email from OptiSperm, I'm glad we get to bring it up in this, because it ties into something related to our topic for this episode. And of course, as everybody who's looked at the title of this episode, and has been hinted at before, and I said, we're talking about Tomb Raider, but what about the version of Tomb Raider that's called Womb Raider? The porn parody of Tomb Raider. So, I know, because we have recorded and the Shrek episode has come out, people have heard it, we lived it, I know you and Zach had some trouble grasping the hot fudge versus hot sludge debacle, or uh, debacle or fiasco, I might call it in that episode. We were very confused. There was something that we didn't quite crack about that. So I came prepared this time, Ben. We're going to talk about Tomb Raider. There's a parody of that film called Womb Raider. I'm going to explain... Why the parody is called Womb Raider. Okay, so bear with me, and, and if you have any questions, you know, let me know. I want to make sure you get all this, so you understand it. Okay, so so now, we are discussing the film adaptation of the video game franchise called Tomb Raider, in which a female protagonist searches for artifacts in exotic parts of the world in, like, a grand, adventurous fashion. In some sense, in the games, in the movies, in the, in the, the uh, material in this franchise, this female protagonist is raiding these tombs, by coming upon them or the people in them in like a surprising and or hostile fashion. Now, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but one of the female reproductive organs is known as the womb. And this is where the human fetus gest- I know okay, Ben just Ben was like, hold up. <laughs> this isn't what the Bible taught me. <laughs> and the womb is where the human fetus gestates during pregnancy. And pregnancy occurs after you email optisperm. No, after you have sexual intercourse or other methods of fertilization through the vagina, which is connected to the cervix at the lower end of the womb. Okay. Now, now here, here it's, it's getting tricky. We're doing another, another piece of setup here. In addition, many pornographic films show at least two people, at least one of them being a woman, engaging in sexual, consensual sexual intercourse. In the film, this can be depicted with a sense of surprise from the female, or maybe hostility from the male. The action and motion of the male's erect penis can then be perceived as a raid upon the female's reproductive organs, or more specifically, the womb. Are you with me so far, Ben? <laughs> Ben's I, like, oh, this might be too real for the album. <laughs> I, I don't.
0: I think I'm still not getting it. But if you just
1: keep going okay okay we'll sell flashcards on our patreon for this so now now here we go okay so now the word tomb is spelled t-o-m-b while the word womb is spelled w-o-m-b so they differ by their first letter and also they are pronounced very similarly so as such if one endeavored to create a pornographic film based on the tomb raider franchise Often called a porn parody, replacing the word "tomb" with "womb" in the title accurately reflects both the content and the inspiration of that piece of art. What do you think?
0: A lot, a lot to wrap my mind around. <laughs> that, that was it's, uh, it's pretty heavy, right? <laughs> I mean, just like all joking aside, that was that was well done. I knew I, I
1: knew I had to explain it. The hot sludge, hot fudge, I was unprepared. We were all unprepared. We didn't know that was going to happen. But here I, I knew about the womb raider and the tomb raider. Had to figure it out. Right. So so after I did this research, and I think, Ben, I think it seems like you understand this now. Our audience, you know, use that skip back 15 seconds or whatever you can skip back on your, uh, on your podcast app and listen to that explanation again if you need it. But after I did this research, after I felt comfortable understanding why this parody was called Womb Raider instead of Tomb Raider or something else, I realized that I needed to know more about this act of sexual intercourse. And I'm very happy to say, Ben, that I actually watched Womb Raider. (laughs) It might be, in all honesty, it probably is the first time in my entire life that I've watched the entirety of an adult film. (laughs) I have certainly watched parts of an adult film. I have never sat down and watched 70 fucking minutes of an adult film. It was an endeavor. So, I am... The first thing I have to report about this film is... Because I'm assuming you did not watch this, Ben. Is this accurate? (laughs)
0: Exactly.
1: You can find it online on xvideos.com for free. I was very happy. It was actually wonderful. I typed into Google where to watch Womb Raider, and Google was like, do you mean Tomb Raider? And I said, no, 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 Google. No, no, no. And it is online for free on Xvideos, and I watched it. It is horrible. (laughs) It is really bad. Not just because it's something worse than just, like, bad porn acting that everybody's familiar with. There's more movie than porn in it. Like, it tries to be an actual parody with softcore porn mixed in. And it's very upsetting because it's not entertaining. At least when I sit down thinking I'm going to watch 70 minutes of an adult erotic film, I don't want there to be, like like, 20 minutes between erotic scenes. That is... That was very surprising to me. And... Here's the thing, Ben. This is the one thing I never expected. It's all girl on girl. I don't think any wombs get rated in the entire film. I
0: mean, you, you, you <laughs> described it as softcore porn, which automatically that kind of excludes the womb rating. I don't think you get any PD in any <laughs> softcore porn. That just seems like a weird decision.
1: Yes, it was so strange because I get it if you're going to have, like, I've seen like the Baywatch porn parody or one of them. I'm sure there's a million of them. And that's the stuff where it's like you'll have two women in a room and they'll be like, man, men suck. And then they'll just start going down on each other. Yeah. This this had some of that, but it was like actual like tons of setup. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the story of Womb right. Raider. All
0: right.
1: So so it follows
0: Kara Loft. Oh my God! Hold on. Before you get into uh, this, uh,
1: are you? Are you? Ben's like, I did see this. I no. was at the world premiere when I was twelve.
0: <laughs> no, I, the movie Run that we watched for a Hulu episode. Yeah, can stealing somebody's baby be Ooh. accurately described as bloom rating?
1: <laughs> I I like that. I mean, that adds another layer to which we might need to break in this discussion. I'll do more research and add to my description of womb raider. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, actually, I actually really like that. If you're stealing babies, are you a womb raider? <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it's probably only true if you're stealing them from, like, inside a woman, but...
1: There's a Law & Order SVU episode where someone does, like, a, a f- like they they perform a C-section on a woman to get the baby. Uh, yeah. That is definitely womb raiding, I would say.
0: Yeah, uh, and if if you're lucky, it's not also murder, but it's probably also murder. I think
1: it was murder in the SVU episode. I think yeah. that's the John Ritter episode. That's like early, like season three or four or something like that. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry so, to derail you. So it's not it's not Lara Croft in the in Womb Raider. It's Kara Loft. They just switched the first letters
0: and dropped the R from the from the last name. Leroft, Loft. Loft.
1: Oh, they did drop the R. You're right. It's not Leroft. I didn't even think of that. I was so disappointed when they said that Lauren – I think it's Lauren Hayes playing Kara Loft. I was like, well, that's stupid. Like, I want something else. But don't worry. They they made up for it because the bad guy, his name is Dr. Scrotus, and I thoroughly enjoyed that name. So so the movie starts with Kara Loft seemingly masturbating in bed. But then, okay. like, as she's masturbating, this, like, w- lady robber comes in and, like, starts to steal her stuff. And then, like, Kara Loft pops up and points guns at her. And she says something like, you interrupted my erotic dream. And I was like, oh, so she was like dreaming and touching herself in her sleep. It was very crazy. But then Lady Robber's not a robber. She's a messenger from Dr. Scrotus. And she's like, oh, I figured I would like steal stuff before you woke up. But then you woke up and stopped me. And then she's like, I have a message from Dr. Scrotus. He can tell you where your missing father is and has a mission for you. And she's like, okay. And then they go down on each other. And so that's the opening scene. And so,
0: Wait, the, a, a message from her missing father?
1: No, a message from Dr. Scrotus, who's going to tell her where her missing father okay. is. And so um, they do a lot of setup.
0: That definitely puts me in the mood. Um,
1: <laughs> De- definitely. So I did I, like I, the, I, the woman playing the lady robber. Her, her stage name was Annie Body, which I really liked.
0: <laughs> I, I just looked up Wim Raider on IMDb. 3.6 out of 10.
1: Not bad, oh, I gave uh, it a one out of five on Letterboxd, and, and my <laughs> and my review was no wombs were rated in the way I expected
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's marked marketed as a pornographic adventure film.
1: there's there's like I said, there's a lot more adventure than you'd expect in a in a porn parody <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. so so that's the opening scene. It's crazy. I know what I'm setting up for, and I'm expecting it to be like you know just a lot of of softcore pornography, you know. And it goes on, but like I said, this is where it's just like, okay, there's a lot of story. Like, there's this scene where Carol Loft is, like, sitting in the back of a car. I, I, we learn that she's waiting for her driver, and she's just looking at a locket with her father's picture in it, and it's shot like it's about to segue to a flashback. But every time it, like, fades to white and you're ready for a flashback, it just cuts to a different angle of her sitting in the car looking at the locket. And it's just two minutes of this with her saying nothing, just looking at a locket. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then the driver comes in and gives the exposition about her missing father. And I'm like, I don't know if the filmmakers thought we were doing they were doing something clever, or this is just padding the runtime, but it, it was insane. So the premise is that Dr. Scrotus wants Loft to travel across the world and find the three sacred wombs, which, if brought together, give the ability to create life. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> they don't explain it at all. They're just like, if you have all three, you can create life. And it turns out that the wombs are like tchotchkes you would buy at a souvenir shop. Like, they look like they cost $2, and they're made out of plastic. So then there's basically three set pieces where Carol Loft has to go to, like, the desert, the jungle, and the uh, caves, like mountain caves, to get the three sacred wombs. And she wants to give them back to Dr. Scrotus... And get information about her father. And of course, as you can imagine, oh, the desert scene. She's walking through the desert, and it's hot. So as she's walking, she just takes all her clothes off. And she's just walking around naked in a desert. There is a point in the desert scene where, like, Dr. Scrotus's henchwoman is following Kara Loft and seems like she's about to shoot her. Like, she pulls a gun out and points it at Kara Loft in the distance, then realizes Kara Loft is naked and just starts touching herself and doesn't shoot her. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Why would they want to kill her, though? She hasn't found any of the wombs yet. There's so much time between erotic scenes. She gets the first womb by drugging a man. She puts a roofie in an Arabian prince's drink. And then she brings two of his, like, women in his room to orgasm to make them fall asleep so she can break into the treasure chest and get the womb. Uh, She gets another womb from a mud pit in the jungle— the jungle is literally just the woods. It looks nothing like a jungle. And the mud pit is, like, <laughs> big enough for one person to stand in. But but that scene's the craziest because as they're going to the mud pit to get the second womb, there is a scene where they find, a, like, a dead, like, a decaying corpse in a tree. And they think—the driver and Kara Loft think it's the body of her father. And she, like, goes into the pocket, like, the shirt pocket of the, of the body and pulls out its wallet— And the driver's like, is it your father? And she's like, no, I can't tell. It's faded. I think it's Indy something, which is a reference to Indiana Jones. And so apparently in the Womb Raider universe, Indiana Jones died searching for the three sacred wombs, which was absolutely insane. for the second womb is guarded by a zulu warrior who's over a thousand years old they say in the movie the zulu warrior wants to kill kara loft but kara kisses her and catches her off guard and then you expect anybody watching this would expect that they're gonna be like okay this mud pit is literally just like they dug a hole in the woods and put dirty water in it they're gonna like touch each other and lick each other in the mud pit but they don't after Kara kisses her, they like hold hands and they like lock eyes, and it cuts to a scene where I could only assume they have astrally projected to a room with a carpet in front of a lit fireplace where they like have lesbian sex. It's the weirdest thing because I'm like, where the fuck are they? What's going on? And then after the the sex scene is done, they like fade back out to the mud pit in the ju- in the in the jungle in the woods, and the the Zulu warrior who is ready to kill Kara is like. No, I like you now. So here's the womb, and gives her the sacred womb. But then the Zulu warrior gets shot by the henchwoman from Scrotus, whose name I don't remember. And then she's like, I, I've been following you. Now you've got two wombs. We have to go get the third one. So like, she's on the team now. And then they go to the like the Himalayans because they got to get to the third womb. They do a scene where the driver pulls out a banana while they're hiking up the mountains, and the henchwoman is like, Give me a bite of that. And, of course, the henchwoman, like, bends over and deep throats the banana and bites it. And the driver's like, that's a big bite. It's the most fucking ridiculous comedy to put in one of these movies because it comes off as so childish. But when they get to The Last Sacred Womb, it's, like, on a pedestal, and there's, like, these gold women. Like, they're, these women are painted all in gold, and they have gold masks on with a unicorn horn. And they're like, you have to sacrifice something to get the last sacred womb. And so Kara's like, I'm going to offer you my body, of course, so they can have another sex scene. But it's, it's, the, it's Kara Loft and the henchwoman, and then there's two of the, the gold statue women— And I'm like, okay, they're all going to have sex together. But only Kara Loft goes off with the statue women. And during this whole scene, it cuts away to the henchwoman just standing by the side of them, watching them have sex and touching herself. So the henchwoman is just standing there like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And like rubbing herself while there's actual like stuff going on next to her. I, I was blown away by this. I think it happens because after like I guess this two gold women are like satisfied by Kara Loft the barrier surrounding the womb goes away so the henchwoman takes it which turns the gold women into statues again like they they were statues and then they were not statues because they needed a sacrifice but then the womb gets taken so they turn back into statues and then Kara Loft realizes that the henchwoman stole the three wombs and the driver to take back to Dr. Scrotus. So then there's one final set piece where they ha- she has to go back to Dr. Scrotus and, like, take out all the male henchmen and then take out Dr. Scrotus and stuff like that. Who Lara just straight up executes, like, in cold blood. Or Kara, I should say. I think I said Lara. But he's like, I have the three wombs now but I'm not going to tell you anything about your father. And she's like, no, you can't have the three wombs. That would be bad because you're the bad guy. So she just shoots him in the head and he's just, he's just dead. And I'm like, okay. But there's a moment when the evil henchwoman like helps her out. Like it looks like Kara's about to get shot, but then the henchwoman takes out one of the other henchmen. And so, you know, you got that, like that little twist at the end. And then the last scene is Kara and the henchwoman in the hot tub together, but they don't touch each other. They rub oil on themselves and they stay at opposite sides of the hot tub. And then, like, the last scene is the driver comes up and he's like, ladies, you want a drink? And she's like, well, what did you do with the sacred wombs? And it's revealed that Kara, like, put them in her fish tank in her bedroom. But, okay, so, one, this movie was not good. There was, there was no acting worthwhile. The story was stupid. It made no sense. It was clearly in service for an erotic film. But it was softcore porn, and as far as I'm concerned... Softcore porn is is worthless. I don't think I like any softcore porn, <laughs> but I found it absolutely baffling that clearly somewhere in a contract, whoever played the henchwoman and whoever played Carol Off, they were like, "We will, we hate each other. We do not want to touch each other." Because the whole movie sets up that they're enemies. They work together, and then they're together in the hot tub. You think the final sex scene is going to be them, and it's not. I'm, I'm like, do they hate each other in real life? I could find no information about this, but I have never so badly wanted to interview porn, porn stars from the early 2000s to be like, listen, what was the deal? Why would you not touch this woman? Because it, it's the hot tub scene. Like I said, in the scene with the gold statue people, the henchwoman just stands off to the side and doesn't do anything. So once I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, there's a bunch of scenes in this movie where they could have been together like licking each other but there's none. She's always... They're always separate from each other, and I found that absolutely baffling that there might be a behind-the-scenes porn star feud that I really want to know more about. (laughs) Uh,
0: I thought you had said that that in, like, the first scene, whenever the henchwoman, like, broke into the house... No, that's...
1: That was a different henchwoman. That was a messenger. So Uh, the henchwoman for the most of the movie is someone else. The, The first messenger never shows up again after the first scene.
0: Okay. That's, um fucking weird so that was a really in-depth explanation of a porn though thanks uh, for that uh, there was
1: so much the movie to porn ratio was all wrong i would say (laughs) (laughs) so like i said if anybody wants to check it out definitely it is online uh you can find it on uh, x videos and i'm sure everywhere else i don't think anybody cares about this movie um but i did it i put the work in i have watched womb raider so now we can get to finally—that's everything we had to discuss. We can get into the actual movies we're discussing today, which are 2001's Lara Croft Tomb Raider and 2003's Lara Croft Tomb— no, Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider from 2001, and then from 2003, Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider hyphen The Cradle of Life. So, I have to say— These movies are about on par with Womb Raider and how much I disliked them.
0: (laughs) You're not going to get any argument from me. Unfortunately, I would like for this to be kind of like a
1: contentious discussion. They fucking suck. Like, they're (laughs) really bad. So I I guess my first – yeah, so like we mentioned before we started recording, Ben and I are coming from very similar positions in our thoughts on these movies. Um, They are – this is going to be a little – we're we're not going to be very happy with them. Um, But I guess some context – Uh, This is something I don't think we ever talked about, Ben. I I have definitely known about and been a a fairly good fan of the Tomb Raider franchise for a while. I played the original two games on PC. I've played the updated, the modern trilogy that started in 2014. Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I've I've always enjoyed the Tomb Raider franchise. I've always enjoyed uh, Lara Croft as a character. I even saw these movies back in uh, the day in theaters. I'm pretty sure both of them Um, because I had some friends that were into Tomb Raider as well, because we would play it on the computer. So I've always known about these, but I have not rewatched them until like this past week for this recording. And I also didn't remember, I was like, I guess I liked it back in 2001 when I was like 8 or 9, and I guess I liked the other one in 2003, because this is just like nonsense. But upon rewatching it, We'll get into it, of course, but both of them, I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, man, what What are these movies? So are you a—I know we've talked about Assassin's Creed on the podcast before and video games franchises, but have you ever been a Tomb Raider fan?
0: Not, not uh, directly. I never played Tomb Raider myself. My
1: cousin did. Okay.
0: Um, he was really into Tomb Raider. That's probably why I went and saw this movie because he was so into Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember— uh, yeah. Like you said, 2001. I was what 11. I, I, I liked it. I guess I don't. I mean, I don't remember disliking it. So sure. to the degree that I could have opinions, it was not a negative one about this movie. I ha- I had not rewatched it in all these many years. What year is it now? In 20 years, I hadn't rewatched this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yep. Turns out that was a good decision.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't know if I ever watched the second one though. The, okay. the second one, uh, I it was pretty new to me. I will say, like there was one thing that kind of surprised me about these movies is like who the other cast members were. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about that.
1: That was what shocked me as well because I think always I knew. Um, like I said, I didn't really have any memory of these movies. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I guess, you know, I liked him when I was younger, but yeah, going back and rewatching these, I was like, oh my God, like Daniel Craig, Gerard Butler, like Noah Taylor is the, um, is the tech guy that works with her. I'm like everybody. I was like, holy shit. Like there's actually people in this movie. And I, I guess like, since they were, I mean, the first one, they were successful. We'll talk about their success and stuff, but I mean, these movies did get wholly forgotten. I think, you know, there's a reason why. Well, there is a specific reason that I do want to talk about that they didn't make a third one with Angelina Jolie, but they did reboot this. There was a 2018 Tomb Raider movie um, with Alicia Vikander playing Lara Croft, which I did watch for this recording. But there's a reason that it took 15 years to get another Tomb Raider movie. I don't think anybody like liked these movies. Like Movies can make money, of course, but I think everybody disliked these films for the most part. <laughs> Interesting.
0: I... um. I didn't know that there was a, a 2018 movie. Is it any good? Uh
1: it's oh,
0: I have seen this poster.
1: Oh okay, okay. It I, is I did hear... It is meh. I it's very by the numbers I would say. Um like it doesn't really do anything special. It's it's pretty it's pretty bland. Um, it's it's loosely based on the the first game in the modern trilogy but okay. very loosely which I was upset about because the games are pretty interesting even though some of the story really stupid I enjoyed the games um, sure. but like they they changed so much stuff from the movie uh, to the movie from the game that I'm just like oh my god how can they not include these things and stuff like that I guess I will say there's a moment in the 2018 reboot where like she's trying they're trying to get into a tomb and Lara has like these stones and she's trying to like fit them into into this wall as the floor is falling away, so she's like on a time limit. And there's a part where she just like stops, she pauses, and thinks, and she goes, "It's a color puzzle," and then immediately figures out how to get through the wall. And it is one of the worst things I've ever seen in a movie in like re- the last five years or something.
2: It's not working. Check the other prayer wheels. Try this.
1: Like, the way it's delivered, the way it sounds so stupid, like, I I can only imagine they were going for the thing is, like, if you're playing a video game where you're trying to figure out a puzzle, you have that moment of realization, and you might be like, oh, but when they, the line of dialogue is literally, it's a color puzzle. And I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) I'm like I, I can I can I can fathom what a color puzzle would be but we're just seeing her with like different rocks in a wall and she's like it's a color puzzle and she puts rocks in the wall and the wall opens up and I'm like I'm like this was stupid just have her solve it like in comparison in Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie when they're going to the tomb where they're like Daniel Craig figure out this puzzle he's just looks around for two seconds then he goes oh it's the swords put the swords in the ground and that's infinitely better because he doesn't say anything like oh it's a movement puzzle or a weight puzzle or whatever it's the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, and it, I'm just like, why say what type of puzzle it is? Like that would be like, I sit down and like I I go on and like bust out like a book of puzzles or something. I open it up and I go, it's a Sudoku, and then I solve it. It's like there's no <laughs> moment of realization. You don't say that. It was so weird. <laughs> so I would not recommend the 2018 reboot as well. Uh, I, I it was it was something. I I would say it's about on par with the first two so you know it's not great or anything like that
0: okay just from the looks of it from the looks of the poster and who they had play laura croft they didn't put nearly as much emphasis on her tits for that movie so
1: no yeah no and i i guess i should say um since i've played i i am a fan of the video games the franchise and i played the originals i have my problem with the modern trilogy is the same problem i have with all of these movies including womb raider the boobs are not pointy enough when I think of Lara Croft, I think of literal hard, sharp edges at the tip of the breasts. <laughs> and these, none of these movies had that. So I think that is a missed opportunity. <laughs> I mean, Angelina
0: Jolie got kind of close, but I, so I actually, um, I, I don't know if it's, if it's just changing the times or, or what, but watching these movies, I, I, at some point I was just like, why is there so much focus on her breasts? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like yep,
0: a lot of it's like the the whole the costume decisions. Like a lot of what they did was just like about showing us the Angelina Jolie hits, and I was like, yes, yes, I don't care. That's not gonna make this movie better.
1: Yeah, I I definitely got that sense as well. There was a point. I I think it is there's some some sense of the changing times. Um, there's the scene in the first movie where Lara Croft, is like, the butler's like, do you need anything else? And she's like, no, I'm just going to flip around on, like, indoor bungee cables in the mansion. And I'm like, what is she doing? Is this working out any muscles or anything? she just want to flip around? I was like, what's going on? They just needed a cool setup. They were like, how do we get her on the chandelier when the SWAT team people break in, basically? But at, she's, like, wearing, you know, basically like a, like a nightgown type thing, like silk pajamas while she's doing this. And only, like, one button by the boobs is buttoned. So the shirt is, like, flapping around as she's flipping on the bungee cables. And then when she has to do the big gunfight in the mansion with all those SWAT team people, and they escape with the clock or whatever the hell it is, the, the, like, the artifact, there's a scene where she, like, runs into frame, and she's like, oh, they got away. And you can see just, like, the part of the shirt that's not buttoned flapping around. And I'm just like, button your shirt, you moron! Like, <laughs> like I wasn't like, this is sexy or cool or badass. I was like, you look fucking stupid. <laughs> so I definitely um, got that. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, clearly... She's a woman. I know she's a woman. Like the but you're right. The movie reminds you of that. And and I think we're in agreement. It's not just like male gaze. Like the camera is definitely the male gaze. Like there's butt shots and ash and like breast shots and everything. But it's more of just reminding you that she has a physique type of thing. And I'm like, I know this. I'm like, I, that's what I bought into with Tomb Raider that it's a female protagonist who's going to do badass things and has huge tits. Like that's the premise of the game. <laughs> Yeah, so
0: that that was, I don't know, it just felt way overdone, I guess.
1: Yeah, we even get side boob at the beginning of the of the first yeah. movie. Yeah, and I'm like, 2001, Angelina Jolie side boob. <laughs> and I'm like, what a time to be alive. <laughs> ah,
0: man. I, so the Bungie thing, I, I had some thoughts about the Bungie thing. And it definitely, so you're right, like, they put her on bungee cable so they could have a reason for her to fight people or rappelling on ropes from her so that they could do that whole fight scene that they did. Yes. Which was okay, but didn't warrant the dumbass setup. Yeah, oh, yeah 100%. La- later in the movie, they have a situation where she's, like, hanging from vines and doing, like, similar kinds of movements. And I was like, great, they gave her a very fucking specific exercise <laughs> to get her ready for this. And they just happened to show it to us. So then, in the second movie, when she's like riding around on a horse and shooting targets, I was like, "What the fuck? Like, is this gonna come up later? She can be riding a motorcycle and have to shoot something? Sure. Like, you're you know, you're preparing me to believe that she can do this because you showed me a very specific exercise routine she does. Like, I don't, I don't think they they ended up using it that way in the second movie, but I was so ready for it. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're just gonna hit me in the face. Like we've talked about about that before, where you know you you don't get to just shoehorn something in without at least mentioning it earlier yeah and and this is a situation where they they took that to mean we can put anything we want in this movie so long as we mentioned it earlier
1: (laughs) definitely (laughs)
0: and and it doesn't like it just did not work for me i was like this is stupid like why would anybody train this way specifically
1: yes yeah i i a hundred percent agree and and I, there's I, there's definitely some things that get put in the movie in the first movie that I, I, I definitely notice as intentional nods to the video game and stuff like that. Which I'm fine with. I mean, it's a, it's based off a video game. They have to do something like that. And, you know, I actually think of these two movies, of the Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life, I like the first one better because it actually feels like Tomb Raider. Like, there's certain set pieces where they're doing things where I I can literally point the screen and be like, I've done that in multiple Tomb Raider games, you know? So it makes sense for them to put it in there. The second one, I think, gets rid of, rid of that almost completely. And, you know, the, the third one, or the reboot, whatever you want to call it, is just... It's so far away from, I think, what Tomb Raider is. It's ridiculous. But that aside, that they did this stuff to because it was inspired by the video game and all that stuff, I am so with you that none of this works for me. It's just like action nonsense for the most part. And there's certain times in this movie where I'm just like – I would be like, wait, why are they here again? And I'd be like, oh, I I don't care. (laughs) Like, they just need to get somewhere that they can kill faceless goons and then, you know, have, like, uh, an event go down. Um, Until the end of the movie, which is batshit insane when they put the time triangle together, then I'm like, why couldn't this be the whole movie? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that deserves its own discussion. I I wanted to bring something up that I, I think why this movie came around is, so, you know, of course... Everybody knows Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is the globe-trotting, you know, temple raiding, getting artifacts, all that stuff. But by the time like late 90s Indiana Jones is dormant. Like the three movies have come and gone. They it's everybody loves them. I don't remember when the TV show was because there was a TV show called The Young Adventures or The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, which I've seen some of and is really weird. The first episode is all about like religion and it's like very weird and strange. Like it's like teaching children about religion because it's like young Indiana Jones, like eight year old Indiana Jones learning about different cultures. It's very strange. There's some episodes later where he's like a teenager and he fights like the red Baron in world war one or something. Um, but so the Indiana Jones is pretty much dormant. And I think like movie studios start to say like, let's let's do this again. Like let's get this globe trotting action adventure like tomb raiding type of stuff and tomb raiding in the sense of, because in 1999, Brendan Fraser's, the mummy comes out and that's not a tomb raider movie, but they're raiding a tomb. Like literally they raid a tomb in that movie. And that's a huge hit. And I think that they're like, well, what else can we do? And the mummy gets sequels two years later in 2001, we get tomb raider. They're like, Oh, what's something that can like use that, that formula And and get success. And this movie was successful. It was moving a shitload of money. And then something that we've talked about that I think now we have some context to relate to. This happens again in, I think, 2004 – with the rundown. When I was watching the Tomb Raider movies, I was like, this is very similar to the rundown, where the rock has to go to the jungle and get this artifact that's let him going to control an oil field or whatever the fuck he was doing in the rundown. But remember, they had to, Sean William Scott had to figure out a puzzle with rods or, or lumber or whatever the hell it was. They were fighting weird people throughout the jungle. And I was like, oh, this, this actually works perfectly. Like, uh, The Mummy, Tomb Raider. And then the Rundown or all these weird, like, early 2000s or turn of the century, like, for some reason, let's go to a jungle and steal shit. Like, that, that, that. people seem to like that movie. So, so I don't know, did you get any similarity between, like, the Rundown and this, or were you thinking of the Rundown at all with any of these puzzles well, and stuff?
0: I mean, now that you mention it, I, I totally see the similarities, but I definitely have to say, like, the Rundown feels more cohesive to me.
1: Yes. The Rundown had, like... It tried to be a movie where I feel like both of the tomb raiders were just like how do we get to the next action scene.
2: Yeah.
1: Where where ac- where and I know in our rundown discussion I say some of the things in the rundown where they were getting to the next action scene I hated like them arguing about like no Sean William Scott I'm not going to touch your dick while you pee, you know that whole scene in, in the yeah. wo- in the, the woods the jungle and stuff like that. But at least it was trying. Here there's stuff where it's like Angelina Jolie talks to the the bad guy and the bad guy's like I want the triangle and she's like I want to talk about the Illuminati and I'm like what the fuck is going on right now? She's like where do you sit? Where do I sit? Who sits here? And I'm like I'm like this is they literally don't know what to do. They are killing time to get to the next action scene it seems.
0: So because you brought up the triangle I have to just throw it in can we discuss the obvious plot hole in this movie? which is if she didn't want them to find the triangle she could have destroyed her half.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they don't even they don't even like do the thing that that Indiana Jones did so well cuz there's a scene if if you remember in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones has a bazooka and he can shoot a rocket at the Ark of the Covenant and blow it up, but he doesn't because Indiana Jones is like an archaeologist, and he he believes things should exist and, like, stay in a museum and stuff. Like, that's part of his character. Here, no establishment of that. Angelina Jolie's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go with them till the very end and hope nobody dies, where you are absolutely right, she just shouldn't have showed up, she could have destroyed her half of the triangle, or just not showed up to the bad guys and willingly go with them at the end. Because the whole Illuminati gets on an airplane at a certain point, and Lara Croft goes with them. (laughs)
0: And, and they have, like, this time constraint where it's like, if they don't do this in the next 60 hours, it doesn't get to happen for 5,000 more years or yes, something. Yes. Like, that's real easy to to, to solve that problem. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. fucking destroy or bury your half of the triangle.
1: Yeah, run out the clock. Abs- absolutely. But, Ben, if if she didn't destroy—if she destroyed her half of the triangle— we would not have gotten my favorite scene in this movie, which is the restoration of the triangle. I love when they have the two halves of the triangle, the Illuminati like president has it. And I love that he holds him above his head and states what he's going to do with them. He's like, we will now unite the two halves of this triangle. And I'm like, why are you announcing this to everybody? Just fucking do it.
0: We will now unite these two parts. The past, And the present. At last, we of the Illuminati will control time and fulfill the
2: sacred promise to our ancestors. Soon, the entire
1: world. Enough of this twaddle. (laughs) And I have to say, the the whole movie goes batshit insane because this time triangle gets put together, and it basically turns into, like, the ten it turns into the cell meets Tenet for a little bit with shit going backwards and her, like, hallucinating things. But there's the scene when she has the time triangle together, and she sees her father in, like, the flashback or whatever the hell it is, and I was laughing hysterically that she's like, Dad— And he's like, we don't have much time, blah, 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 whatever the fuck John Voigt says. And then Angelina Jolie's response is, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? Daddy.
2: (sighs) Lara. Is this real? It is a crossing of my past and your present. Why did you not tell me about the Illuminati? You were only a child. You could have written in your journals. You never mentioned it, not once.
1: <laughs> and I found it hysterical. Like after I watched this movie, I was just going around in my apartment and I was just I was just mimicking her, going, Dad, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't know, there was something about that I was laughing hysterically. And so I just wanna be like, I'm mad at you. Why? you didn't tell me about the Illuminati. (laughs) It's uh, that whole last scene. I wanted the whole movie to be that crazy because if it was shit, like people getting stabbed and falling down and then getting unstabbed and going back up and, and people running on a pyramid to get to a triangle and shit. I loved all that. I was like, something's happening. Finally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely that part of the movie is is uh, is more interesting. I, I mean, I even like it whenever they first get into that room and the dog jumps through the thing for some reason because dogs do that and yeah. it, like turns into a muscular skeleton thing yep. and it's like ah, oh, there's like a time distortion here.
1: Oh my god, which... that was when I was like, I was like, it's about to get real because the the dog jumps through the thing. We get that wonderfully terrible like early two thousand CGI of the of the musculature of the dog and stuff and then they're like it's it's oh god i i could not i could not stand it but i was like they're like it's a time storm time is broken here this whole thing's been a temporal pincer movement and i'm just like i'm like oh my god i'm like this movie's going off the rails I'm glad that they repeat that in the second one. The end goes off the rails again, but it just made me wish that the whole movie was off the rails. Sure. Because the second, I mean, we'll get to the second one, but the second one, they fight blind creatures that can phase through trees. And, and it's just like, and they, they say that. They're like, they phase through the wet parts of the tree. And I'm like, just make them phase through matter. Like, why are you specifically stating that's only parts of certain trees here? It was the weirdest decision. But so, so yes, you are so right that they, she should have destroyed her half of the triangle. And and that gets kind of at what I wanted to th- what I wanted to say about the first movie which I agree with something you said before we started recording Ben they're both bad the Tomb Raider and the Tomb Raider sequel they're both bad but at least the first one has some charm I think there's a certain sense of charm I don't know where yours is coming from mine's coming from that it makes me feel like Tomb Raider which I really enjoy but at least there's something where I'm like okay I'm having a modicum of fun while I watch this movie <laughs> Because there's some stuff, I guess I should say, I'm a sucker for the we split something into parts story trope. I just always kind of like that, like, this object is too dangerous, so we split it up and hit it around the world. For some reason, I enjoy that, and... I love that that gets extended to probably the peak of its its usefulness and and wonderfulness in 2019's Hellboy. The beginning of that movie is Merlin and King Arthur can't kill this witch or vampire queen or something, so they chop her body up and bury her parts all over the world. And the movie's about bad guys trying to reform her. And I'm like, great. I'm like, let's do that in every movie. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. And then there's scenes in the first Tomb Raider where there's other things I'm just suckers for, where it's like when they, they have to get the first piece of the triangle, they get it out of this weird, like, black ooze stuff, And then the black ooze makes a bunch of statues come to life to fuck people up. I'm a sucker for statues coming to life and fucking people up. I just like that for some reason. So, like, I'm I'm excited about that stuff. And then the rest of the movie is just kind of like, okay, you know, when's the next exciting thing going to happen? But I do have to give the movie the first movie props... That Daniel Craig is not a love interest. Yep. I am so. I was so happy watching the first movie because I guess I should say my order was: I watched Womb Raider, then Tomb Raider, then the sequel, then the reboot. I was so happy. I was like, oh. Lara Croft doesn't have a love interest. Like, I was waiting for a scene where they were going to, like, have sex, her and Daniel Craig, and we were going to be like, oh, no, then she has, like, this, this moral quandary when he's going to be the bad guy in the end again. I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't do that. And then I watched the second movie, and I'm like, well, fuck. It's like they heard me say I liked that, and we're like, he likes that? Cut it. Cut it. She's she's clearly fucked Gerard Butler before. She clearly likes Gerard Butler. They're going to fuck again, and then she's going to shoot him because he wants Pandora's box at the end of the movie. <laughs>
0: This kind of goes goes back to the, like, over harping of the fact that Laura Croft is, you know, as you said, has a physique. Mm-hmm. In that scene where she breaks into Daniel Craig's, uh, like, hotel room or whatever during a shower. Yes. And he says something kind of suggestive, and then she leaves, and he's like, now it's time for a cold shower. It's like, great, we get it. You're, <laughs> like, she's pretty. You're a wreck from being near her. Like, what yes. the fuck is this movie? <laughs> um, but, no, I... I, I You're you're right. I mean, I I said something like the first movie is charming. The second movie is just bad. Um, The charm for me, a a lot of it's kind of the same types of things you mentioned, like the the statues come into life. Like, even though that whole scene was kind of goofy and like they're shooting these statues and they're just falling apart for no reason, like at, at least it felt like what i would expect a tomb raider thing to be yeah to that point like i do have to say like i kind of hated the opening scene where she's like fighting this robot yes and and at some point the robot seems to like get knocked unconscious for a short amount of time (laughs) and then suddenly get back up and it's like robots like unless it's self-healing it didn't do that like that
1: (laughs) definitely oh yeah that opening scene of the first one is rough like i definitely was like Cause I had I had no memory of it, so I sat down and started watching, it, and I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Oh no!" And I, I, but thankfully, it, it gets better because there there are a lot of fun moments. Like like I said, I'm a sucker for statues coming to life in, in any video game or movie. I just like that for some reason. But like, there's other like, there's other little clever things. Like I, like I said, props to them for not making making her have a love interest in the first movie. I love the little bit where Lara goes to talk to like old man archaeologist at the auction house, and she waves to him. And they think it's a bid and she bids like two point yeah. four million dollars on something and she's like, Oh shit Like I thought that was a little fun moment and so there's like little bits of charm throughout here. And yes. and you know, I, I like I like all the characters. Like um Noah Taylor plays I think Bryce his name in the movie, the tech guy that lives in the trailer outside the mansion. Like, I love just Noah Taylor in general, and it's always great to see him in a movie. I don't like that he gets the doofus treatment for the both of the films. But, like, still, he adds something to it in the first movie. In the second movie him and the butler are relegated to waiting for lara to call them on the phone which is just the stupidest thing but like there's a scene when she goes to wake noah taylor up and she like bangs on his trailer door i think when she finds the clock uh hidden in a wall of the mansion and noah taylor just has like a bunch of little robot bugs crawling everywhere like on him and on the floor while he's sleeping and i'm like i don't fucking have any idea what's going on here but i'm fine with it like that's a weird thing to see and it's a cool thing to see and yeah. And it's like they take all this fun, little fun stuff, and they just suck it out in the second movie. They sucked all of that out in the second movie, and they were like, "Don't you want to fuck Gerard Butler?"
0: <laughs> so, uh, in that scene when she wakes him up and she's like, "Why can't you just live inside the the mansion that we have like eighty three rooms?" Yeah. And, and he's like, "What's that smell?" And she's like, "It's five am." Yes. She's like, "Yeah, you don't recognize the smell because you've never been awake at this time of the day. <laughs> like that was like a that was a fun interaction. Um, and and there are no fun like they tr- they try to do a little bit of fun interactions in the second movie with uh the guy in the jeep caso K- or something whatever they call him sure uh, he sure. he also happens to be the trainer from um never give up which is
1: oh yeah yeah diamond uh, hansu yep yeah is a, a
0: movie i loved as a as a kid but or you know as, as like a teenager whenever i saw it but uh anyway so he's he says something like why can't you ever do things the easy way and she's like something like i I wouldn't want to disappoint you. Yeah, and then and then later in the movie they they do like a callback to that joke, but it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yes. what would what was the easy way to stop these evil people from getting Pandora's box? Aside from going into the thing and fight, like, what was the easy way? <laughs> exactly, there wasn't an easy way. Like, yeah. at least in this one, it's like you could have been on the ground and I could have just picked you up in the jeep. At least that kind of makes sense instead of her like. Parachuting into his jeep, but it just it didn't it didn't
1: yeah that, work for- that was so absolutely ridiculous and that that's that stuff where it's like they do those little like it, it's it's one of those things that they're like attempting banter yeah. and I watch it and I think this is different from because we recently discussed on our Patreon Wrath of Man and we were like. I, I think we reached a point where we were like, this might be intentionally funny, but we don't know whether to laugh or not. I feel like the banter in the second movie is just like, no, this is not funny. Like 100% not funny. Like I wasn't even wondering, like, is this supposed to be funny? I'm just like, no, it's just objectively not funny.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely think it was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't funny.
1: Oh yeah, it made no sense. And and I'm glad you mentioned the Jeep as well, because at one point, Lara Croft parachutes into that Jeep which I'm just like, okay, that's that's something, I guess, you know. But that Jeep is a 2003 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, and this movie apparently was the first appearance of that vehicle ever, and there were 1,001 limited edition Tomb Raider versions of that car sold alongside this movie coming out. This might be the most expensive merchandise spotlight for a movie we've ever done on cinemodities a whole Damn. car. <laughs> so
0: I, I do have one other thing to say about that scene. Like, she parachutes down into the Jeep, and I severely wanted the re- the real thing to happen, which is she lands, <laughs> the parachute's still attached to her, she's pulled forward by the jeep, the parachute catches the wind and yanks her out of the jeep. Yes. That's what, I, that's what would have happened, and
1: I wanted it to happen so bad. Oh. <laughs> but it didn't, so. oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, even this, I, I think there's an issue between these two movies, like, I think the first one has the charm of even just our titular character of Laura Croft. Laura Croft is established. You know, the first video game comes out in '96. I think Th- this franchise is huge. You know, there's there's still I think a lot of people that you know look at the history of video games. Like Tomb Raider in 1996 was like a, a landmark in the history of video games and action adventure and stuff like that, which I have total respect for. So people knew this, and then I think when you get you know badass female protagonist with sex appeal in the first movie, it's fine. And I think also a big thing of it is that Angelina Jolie in 2001, she's not the biggest movie star. Like, I think she's known, but she's not, like, as big as she is today. I think this movie is, from what I found, she. this is one of the movies that, like, propelled her into, like, superstardom, that everybody really started to notice her. And that's what I picked up on in the second movie, that... I see her less as Lara Croft in The Creative of Life. I see her just as Angelina Jolie. I think she's too made up. I think she's too, like, she leans into the sex appeal a lot more, especially because the movie makes her with Gerard Butler. And she's doing the stupid thing I hate that Angelina Jolie does. She has a pouty face on the whole time. It's like oh, she yeah. learned between the first and the second movie that she has big, luscious lips, and she should push them forward at all times. And I'm you, like, stop it. Are you talking
0: BSLs? Is that weird? <laughs> That, that I got I had that thought so many times when I was watching the second movie I was just like I
1: it's, mean I, I guess I can is, is this a patreon episode this isn't a Patreon. this episode. is not I can't patreon. I can't say it right. <laughs> but yeah it is so I I took that as like the whole se- second movie I'm like she's being super movie star movie star superstar whatever I don't want Lara Croft to be that I want her to be just rough and tumble badass female protagonist and and just the pouty lips and the pouty face takes so much away from that, it's ridiculous. And I think I think her performance takes away a lot from that second movie, which is so unfortunate. Because it's just like after the charm of the first one, I'm just like, OK, you know, I'm ready for the second one. And and the second one's directed by Jan de Bont, who is like Paul Verhoeven's early cinematographer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm excited. Like Jan de Bont, I, I don't think I've seen one of his movies in a long time. This is one of his early films It's going to be great. And then it comes across as just like absolutely ridiculous, bonkers, goofy, stupid action. And it was yeah. so disappointing. Um, I, I on that note, it should be said that Jan de Bont has gone on record saying that he hated making the second movie. Because apparently there was a lot of studio meddling and, like, the game developers were meddling with the movie as well. Like, Jeanne did not have a lot of control because after the first one was so successful, they they were like, we can do it. You know, it was was the Hollywood machine taking over. But, yeah, that second one is so disappointing. All the charm of the first one is gone. All the... All the things that actually, like... In my notes for the first movie, there's so many moments that I point out, I'm like, this feels like Tomb Raider. Like, this is, like, something I've done in a Tomb Raider game. At the end, when the bad guy is, like, laying down, and he's like, you think he's dying, and he's like, wait, Lara, don't go, I can tell you stuff about your father. That happens in, like, every fucking Tomb Raider game, where the bad guy's like, no, you think I've defeated, but I have have, uh, more information that you want about your father, don't you? And one of the great things... ...about video games is that in the second of the modern trilogy... uh, ...Rise of the Tomb Raider... ...at the end when you beat like the main bad guy... There's a cutscene, like an interactive cut scene, where he starts to say, like, don't kill me yet. Don't you want to know more about your father? And you can shoot him mid-sentence and not learn anything about your father. And I, and I did that when I played the game, and I loved it because I'm like, I don't want any fucking bullshit with dialogue. I want to get to the end credits, you know, that type of thing. Nice. But, in, in, but it's like right out of Tomb Raider. So I have all these moments in the first movie where I'm like, it feels like what I know and think of as Tomb Raider. Not a single time did that happen in the second movie. Not a single instance in the second movie was I like, this feels like Tomb Raider. I think they go too overboard. It feels more like a a like Indiana Jones, or even the second movie felt more like James Bond, where you had the love yeah. interest. You have like, oh, we got to work with MI6 to get this Pandora's box, you know? And, and the Tomb Raider element that it is actually Pandora's box is still there. If this was a James Bond movie, Pandora's box would have been the name of a missile. Oh, so <laughs>
0: something... About Pandora's Box. Like, they say at some point they're like, God, it's like the Greek myth where God gave. Yeah, something and... like that. Fucking no. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: not, that's not a thing,
0: so. God, anyway. Yeah,
1: I definitely picked up on it as well, that they they were, like... The the second one, choosing Pandora's box, something that a lot of people know about, even minutely, like, it's a myth people are aware of, I always think that's dangerous, because you're gonna get that response of, like, no, like, that's not really what I think Pandora's box is. The first one, when they're just like, oh, if the planets align it's going to make this triangle have time powers. I'm like, fine. I don't think that, like, they probably made that up for the movie. That makes me so much more, like, acceptable of that type of thing. Yeah,
0: sure. Well, I, but the thing is with Pandora's Box, like, it's a Greek, they see it's a Greek myth. Yeah. It's not, it's not the, the Anglo-Christian God in a Greek
1: myth. Do you think this movie is stating that, you know, the God, the Christian God is the one true God? Oh, <laughs> uh, certainly.
0: Because uh, I think it, uh, is it Zeus? Who, uh, somebody... I don't know. Anyway, it's a it's one of the Greek gods that gives the, yes. the Pandora's box. Like yeah. I, I haven't looked into it, but but no. So I mean, you were you're uh, getting at like this movie feels more James Bondy, and mm-hmm. like I find that so funny considering Daniel Craig eventually goes on to play James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, totally. Uh, the movie with Gerard Butler and not Daniel Craig <laughs> felt more like uh, some kind of. I don't even want to say it felt more James Bondy because like realistically, like do you remember the scene? where there's like a helicopter that's like land going to land in, in the square. oh, And yeah. he's like, wait for my cue. And then she goes off and does whatever she wants to do anyway because she's a big badass lady and she doesn't need anybody's permission to do anything. And then she slides into a little neon dragon statue or, or sign mm-hmm. and, and, and destroys the chain and somehow disconnects it. And then that thing proceeds to slide at about a foot a minute. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And it's just like, is this supposed to be an action scene?
1: I, that was so strange to me as well. And I think it's a little after what you just described, that the the helicopter blade hits the dragon sign. Yep. And the helicopter seems to not care. <laughs> no, the helicopter... <laughs> i was hoping that the helicopter would hit it i'm like oh she's she's like riding this thing down it's going as slow as the wheelchair lift from run that goes up and down the stairs and i'm like oh so it's going to hit the helicopter we're going to get like a big helicopter explosion the helicopter just cuts through it with its blades and i'm like that's a that's a missed opportunity
0: (laughs) yeah but they couldn't kill rice at that moment they would have to find a reason for him to not be on the helicopter when in, in reality there's not a good reason for him to have been on the helicopter. Exactly. Oh, yes. But.
1: And yeah. That. So like that. The um. The, the James Bondy things that I was picking up on is when the the bad guy. So yeah, Rice. Whatever, Edgar Rice. Whatever his name is, played by Kieran Hines. It was great to see Kieran Hines. I actually just saw him. I watched uh, the movie Veronica Guerin very recently. Uh, that movie's about Veronica Guerin. If you did not know <laughs> Ben, but he's <laughs> in that, and I was like, oh, Kieran Hines again, and he's he reeks to me of James Bond villain. Where he has like his his master plan and everything, he has the machine uh, analyzing the orb that they find from the beginning, and it's just like forty eight percent analyzed, forty nine percent analyzed. I'm like that. Oh, that feels very James Bond to me. There's the scene where Gerard Butler and Angelina Jolie jump off like a big building or a construction site, and they do the the flying squirrel suit thing down to a boat, and the oh, shot yeah. of them doing that goes on. So long. That is not the only time in this yeah, movie. Yeah, but I remember watching, it and I'm like, "Is something going to happen? Like, are they going to hit something? Are they going to have a problem? They're going to have to do something in midair?" Nope. Just one long focus on just stunt people flying off of this in this suit, and I'm just like, "This is so boring." <laughs> oh, okay,
0: it's, yes, it's boring. But don't forget that in the past, like Laura Croft knows off the top of her head that the world record for flying <laughs> yes. in a squirrel suit is one mile. Yeah, and they have to so go <laughs> two and a half to three miles, Rob. Yes. Oh my. So God. don't forget that the reason they showed us the whole thing is because it was record-breaking.
1: I See, I would like that if they had shot it from a different angle because they are shooting it from almost like an overhead angle. Dude, and I can't I can tell, tell what's going on.
0: <laughs> as far as I can tell, they literally had toys that looked like they were
1: in this, and they were just scrolling a a background behind them, (laughs) and that's what they shot. (laughs) Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It is so... Like, I was watching it. I was simultaneously bored... And spatially disoriented while watching that. And it was it was a very unique feeling. And it's so, very upsetting because I cause at that point I'm like, I don't want Gerard Butler to live. Like I don't want Lara Croft to have a love interest. So I hope like he gets blown up, like his his flying squirrel suit malfunctions and explodes in the air. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: Another scene that kinda of put put me in the same kind of mind as this is uh when they're dirt biking in the jungle. Oh
1: yes, yes. It's oh like that
0: scene, you're just like why am I still watching this?
1: Yeah, they're like playing leapfrog with each other on the on the dirt bikes and I'm like this is stupid. And then and then literally they get off the bikes and Gerard Butler's like we have to walk from here. And it's like he it's like he just should have said he's like now we need to have dialogue, so we need to get off the bikes. <laughs> I, it, it's so by the numbers and i'm just like oh my god i i and then they try and do banter with gerard butler and like the the guy in the mountains that they go to the shen long or shen low shen, shen low shen Lo, yeah shen, shen long's the dragon ball thing uh the dragon ball dragon um but yeah and then they have banter with like he's gerard butler's like getting beat up by the guys and he can't like fight back until he gets the signal from angelina jolie and i'm just like who cares about any of this It was very upsetting. I I definitely,
0: like while watching the dirt bike scene, I was like, in any movie today, they would have showed them leaving on the dirt bikes, and then they would have showed them arriving on the dirt bikes. Yep. And we would have skipped all this stupid bullshit. Oh, God.
1: It's so bad. And
0: I felt that way. I think about every action scene in this movie, is like, this is stuff that we would skip now Mm -hmm. in in movies. Um, At least in the action scenes in the first movie, like the, the rope fight at the beginning, at least it's like, okay...
1: There's a little bit of tension or something here. Yeah. There were
0: so many scenes in the second movie where it's like they're just traveling.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was such a strange decision to just be like, look at what we can do. It's like they focused on the wrong thing. Like we said it before with like this, you know, when we go from Indiana Jones to the mummy to this and the rundown. We have a sense of globe trotting. Like you're going all across the world to get to these these certain objects and places. But it's like this movie thought that was the thing people really enjoyed. And they're like, <laughs> people like globetrotting. Let's show them how – let's show how they travel. And it's like, no, nobody wants to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, so they're, like, flying the jet and then they bounce it on the water a few times and then yeah. crash into a mountain. And, and it's, the whole time I'm like, what the fuck are they showing me this? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, don't they – was this before fast travel was a thing in games? Like, did they not realize that traveling is the most boring part of anything?
1: Exactly. I think this definitely was before fast travel. That's an interesting question when that came up. But, I mean, but maybe that's what they were going for. Because it is a thing in, like, in even in, I think, the modern trilogy of Tomb Raider. You'll have, like, it'll be early in the game. But it'll be like, oh, Lara's on a plane. Something happens, the plane's going down, and you get, like, a cutscene where it's like, oh, this is, this is why when you regain control of your character, you're in the middle of the fucking jungle and have to, like, scavenge to survive. Like, there's right. a point to it. But, I mean, if that's what they're going for in this movie, where they're like, oh, we saw this in video games, let's put it in this video game movie, that's not the thing to pick. The thing to do is what the first movie did, where Lara Croft and the bad guys have to fight a bunch of small statues that have come to life to fuck them up, and then you fight the boss statue. Like, that's yeah. what you take from a video game into a movie. Not a, hey everybody, let's get on an airplane, or let's get on a boat. Like, no, oh god, it seems so misguided.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and for you to say that the that the video game developers, for some reason, were were like influencing this, yeah. I have a hard time believing that it seems like they influenced it to be not like a video game at all or be like the worst video game ever.
1: I was shocked to read that as well. And I tried to find more information because I wanted to know like, well, how would a video game company and a, and a movie studio like work together if they would work together at all. But there wasn't a lot of info about it, um, which was upsetting, but I was shocked. I was like, Oh, like what are the video game developers going to add to this? You know, <laughs>
0: hopefully heavy criticism.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's the second movie. So dis- it's it was so disappointing. I was so upset that I was like, I wanted it to have that charm again. But like we've we mentioned before, all of our our like ancillary characters of the butler and the um the tech guy from the first movie, they get pushed to the sidelines. Daniel Craig doesn't return for whatever reason, so we get Gerard Butler, and they turn that into a love interest, which I don't want. I don't want that period from Lara Croft, like. I think that this the second movie was ahead of its time in a way because if this came out today, if we made a Tomb Raider movie, which they did in 2018, and they put a love interest in there, the criticism would be strong woman does not need a love interest. Yeah. And that's exactly what I felt about the second movie. I was like, it does not need a love interest. That's what's fun about the first one, that there's no like, oh, I love you, Daniel Craig. They are just rival archaeologists, which is really fun, and they should play that up. Like – what if Lara Croft is a woman in a man's field, you know? Like, what if in the movie they establish that archaeology is a man-driven field and she's like the one best woman at it or something? That could be fun. But instead they're like, fuck that. We're going to clearly give her history and sexual tension with a character and it's not needed at all. Because to me it it reeks of, oh, she's going to have to make that moral decision at the end of the movie because Gerard Butler's like, you know, I'm 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 Gerard Butler. I'm going to steal shit. His name in the movie is Terry Sheridan. I hated that character's name. I was like, why Terry? Why pick Terry as a name for, like, a badass who can get into, like, the the Chinese mob and stuff like that? Like, Terry? Terry, really? Like, Alex West is a good action hero name for Daniel Craig's character. Then he's like, Terry Sheridan sounds like it could be in a kid's movie, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely, like, a next-door neighbor in a suburb type of of name. So yeah, I mean the, the love interest not not needed. Uh I think that the moral dilemma could have could have been made even if that's what they were if they needed to have that. That could have been done even if they were just friends. Like yes. we didn't need like you know he he seems to be somewhat redeeming himself throughout the movie because mm-hmm. he did this thing where he was a traitor yep. and then he and then he like turns out to still be a traitor and it's like man, I I thought you were going to change. Like that could have been done without any kind of love interest nonsense.
1: 100% Um,
0: But that whole last scene where he's like That was just like gaslighting Abusive boyfriend 101 It was the craziest thing to see He was like we just decided That maybe we're going to try to get together again Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be the most Abusive boyfriend you've ever (laughs) Like that was just a weird Thing to see See
2: all your beliefs All your ideals They're not real I am and you've loved me. I don't know how strong you think you are, but you are not going to choose them over me. No move.
0: <sighs> Fine. It was uncomfortable also. Yep. But he's yep. just like, you're not going to choose them over me. Like, I'm the best love you've ever what is just like <laughs> this is so textbook abusive yes oh yeah then it's like i i question the decision to do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's not enough time like they are in no way should he believe that this is gonna work
1: yep 100%. i guess is
0: what i'm getting at like if, if you come out the gate that crazy like you have to creep into being that crazy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like if you, yes. what I'm yes. trying to tell you is, if you're gonna do this, you got to slow your roll. <laughs> you have to approach, like you have to just gradually increase the crazy yeah. so that it becomes more and more acceptable over time.
1: Yeah, And yeah.
0: then you can be an abusive piece of shit. And it's like <laughs> he just goes straight from like nothing to abusive piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. there, there's no there's no reason to believe it was gonna work.
1: Yeah, and it's not even... They don't even do the thing which we've seen in movies for where it's like, oh, the the artifact that they're trying to get causes, like, the bad to come out in people. Like, it's not like Pandora's box is like, oh, it feeds on people's greed, you know, and even if he's only a little greedy, it's going to amplify it. He's just literally like, well, we're fucking here, we might as well steal Pandora's box. And it's like, why would you think... It's like, no, you were clearly here to stop the bad guy.
0: (laughs) Right, well, and the only the only purpose we know of that Pandora's box has is, or what these people believe it has is that it's going to release a plague that, and like, I don't yes. even know why the the main bad guy thinks that he can create an antidote for it. Like it's yeah. clearly a magical disease. Yes. So like my guess is that it's going to destroy all of humanity. And this guy's like, yeah, let's just take it. Like, let's like, why not? It's worth money, right? <laughs> like everybody's going <laughs> to fucking die. Butler. Like who cares how much money you have? Yep. Um, yep. Oh man. I, I just now remembered that I intended to, to refer to, to him as Leonidas and Daniel Craig as James Bond the whole time we were talking about these, but I forgot. Uh, so, so Leonidas is just like, let's make everybody sick, and yes, then yes, and then he, he she's like, I ain't putting up with your shit. He like hits her, and then she he like uh, she. No, he goes for his gun, and then a, a shot goes off, and I'm like, did they really kill off Lara Croft? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, I was like, maybe that's why there's no more movies, but no, it turned out she shot.
1: Yeah, him. they do the thing where you don't see the guns, and you, it's like they do the fake-out and all that stuff, yeah. and it's just like, oh, my God. And then I, that I feel like those fake-outs – one, they're pretty textbook. That whole last confrontation, between her and Gerard Butler is so textbook. And then Gerard Butler's like, well, let's take this. And she's like, no, we're literally here to stop people from taking it, you fucking moron. Like, I handcuffed you in the boat so you wouldn't be here, type of thing. And then she shoots him, and she's like, oh, I feel sad. Like, man, we had sex sometimes, and whatever. And then she, you get the scene of her, like, holding Pandora's box, and the movie then even plays it as, like, she's gonna open it. But there's no way in hell I think that she's going to open it. Like, the movie, it's not earned at all. Like, if Gerard Butler wasn't there... Then maybe it'll be earned. She stops the bad guy, and she's like, maybe I do want to see what's in Pandora's box. But it's like she literally just shot someone she loved, we guess, to prevent Pandora's box from being opened. And then the movie's like, well, maybe she is going to open it. Honestly, now that I say it, I would have loved if, she's, if she shoots Gerard Butler, goes to Pandora's box, and goes, man, that was a bad, rash decision. I should We should have just opened it together. <laughs> and then just pops it open, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I guess we don't really know what would have happened if it had been opened in that place where there were no other people. Yeah, yeah. Presumably the magic disease would have gotten out somehow. But yeah, I, I agree. Like, she, like, slides the lid off, and I'm like, why?
1: Why <laughs> exactly. are they Exactly. Yeah, it's so unnecessary. And and that's another good point. What would happen if you open Pandora's box in... I think it is called... that. Like where they are is the Cradle of Life. I think that's where they end up. That's a
0: stupid name for all those rock tunnels. Uh, uh, yes, yeah.
1: And so, and so once again, just like, I'm glad that they, yes, because I think they say, like, Pandora cried tears of acid for some reason, and that's the pool of acid around Pandora's box that melts the bad guy, and I'm like, what the fuck, whatever. Because at this point, we've already established that the guardians of the Cradle of Life are these blind monsters that can phase through wet parts of trees, and they kill a bunch of people, and then she, she does something that kills the monsters but lets them get into the Cradle of Life, and the Cradle of Life has, like, different planes of gravity and the tunnels work like Scooby-Doo doors, where if you go through one you pop out the one on the other side of the hall but if you go through the same one you pop out of a different door like, there's a whole fight scene with her and the bad guy that's so spatially disorienting, I'm just like, how much fucking time is left in this movie? Like, please get through this. And I, I wanted it to be as crazy as the ending of the first one, but I don't think it lived up to it with the time stuff, which I was so on board with.
0: There was something that was said about this, like they, they talk about the cradle of life where they're like, the earth and the sky, like, don't make sense or what, whatever the fuck they said. <laughs> yeah. But apparently what that meant is that it's tunnels and any way you want to be is down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, unless you want it to suddenly change to prevent you from hurting yourself, in which case it's not going to change. But every other time it's going to change.
1: Yeah, it made, it made no sense. I had no idea what the fuck w- I was looking at. Because th- I think that's another bad thing a bad decision. Like if you're going to make a room with like different planes of gravity, which is a video game thing, you know, it's like, Oh, I can walk up this wall, but walk on top of this wall. Like gravity shifts. That's, that's fine. If you're going to do that though, don't make the entire room look the same. So I can't tell where anything is. That's why I'm fine with all the time stuff at the end of the first movie. Cause at least I can, I know what's going on. Sure. They're running up the side of a giant pyramid at a certain point, but I know that it's a giant pyramid. I know that it's in a different temporal reality than they were previously like i can follow what's going on here it's just like fuck it let's just throw cave aesthetic on the background and that's going to be our fight scene setting and i have no idea what i'm looking at
0: yeah i mean if they're going to go for something like that they should have just gone for like one of those uh like paradoxical pictures where it's like this staircase goes up to here this, this staircase goes over to here but this one's actually under that one like that would have been way infinitely better.
1: Exactly. And that would have also been cool as, like, the cradle of life turns out to be a bunch of stairs instead of just rocks.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's so—it's like vomit. It's like just—they're like vomited cave, blue cave and rocks on the screen. I have no idea what the fuck— Because there's one point her and the bad guy are fighting, and then Gerard Butler's, like, above and below them simultaneously or something. And I'm like, I'm like, who— fucking cares at this point
0: <laughs> well and the only way that you can even tell that gravity shifting is even happening is is because at some point you see laura croft upside down and the bad guy right side up Yes, and it's like
1: yeah it's okay it's i guess so, that's what's going on it's so stupid it's so
0: stupid ben. and and then like laura croft like falls at one point and she's like hanging from it and it's like why doesn't she just lay down on the wall directly in front of her <laughs> yes. and stand up because she's like every way is down, like fucking whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's such a it's such a bad double feature because the second one gets so disappointing, and it's yes. not even like so bad. It's funny. Like I like it's so boring, and so many shots that are going way too long. I don't care about anything that's happening.
0: It's, the action scenes are so slow in the second one. Too. Yes,
1: and I think a lot of the big shots that are supposed to be like the hero moments just come across as goofy. Like they look like stupid and stuff like that. Like like her landing doing the parachute into the Jeep, like that, I'm just like, whatever. I don't care about this. The um the the whole thing of them going, you know, on the, the flying squirrel suits takes way too long. The fight scene in the terracotta warrior room, I'm just like who who cares? Like he's just destroying a bunch of terracotta warriors and stuff like that. And i I'm just like not into any of it. It falls so flat for me.
0: The Terracotta Warrior scene was by far the best action scene in the movie sure sure i i don't i don't know that i would go so far as to call it good <laughs> uh it, yeah it's it's okay you know it's like a, it's like a decent little fight thing it looks like she might lose at one point her bamboo things get torn up and then she throws like the spiky bamboo like underneath the, like in the guy's armpits and yes. it was just like was that supposed to harm him in some way <laughs>
1: yeah that that was another little bit that read to me is very like uh, Indiana Jones or James Bondy. like the villain has the better weapon and so it's like I have this stick and it gets cut down you know or it gets whipped away immediately that type of thing and it's just like like that that to me nothing reads like video gamey to me there you know it's like it's it's like that is just a, a movie trope like a comedy in air quotes moment type of thing.
0: if, if you want to do a video game thing have him, have them in a gunfight. And she finds ammunition for a different gun, and it just fits in her gun. Like that's, <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> you
0: know, if we want to go video games, that's what they should have
1: done. In the modern Tomb Raider trilogy, you heal yourself by, like, crafting, like, healing items. But to craft it, you need, like, cloth in your inventory and a certain type of plant that you can pick up because you can pick up different types of plants. Okay. Do that. That's what I want. I want to see a video game adaptation, like video game to film, where someone, like, I want to see Angelina Jolie or Alicia Vikander or whoever's playing Lara Croft just have, like, a loose square of cloth, put a plant on it, roll it up and eat it. And she's like, I'm healed now, you know? And they, they kind of do that in the first movie when the monk gives her the healing tea because the monk's like, drink this tea. It tastes bad, but it just healed all your wounds. And I'm like, that is very video gamey. Like, you go to yeah. the monk, you drink a potion, and you're better. And I'm just like, that's, I'm fine with that. But then in the second one, it's just like, who gives, they're like, who gives a fuck?
0: (laughs) No, that would have been great. Like, if she, like, breaks her arm and then, like, puts a plant thing on her elbow, and it's, like, all of a sudden her arm's better. Like, that would have been hilarious. At least it would have actually
1: been funny. Yes, own the video game aspect, where clearly in the second one, I I think they didn't care they were making a a video game movie.
0: And that's the thing that makes me question that that piece of information about the video game developers being involved. Because, like... In in no way does it feel like a video game developer was involved.
1: A hundred percent. I
0: would say this this feels like the video game developers got kicked out of the room.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely. It's 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 insane. It's so it's something I really want to know more about. And it, I, God, it's been so many years since this movie, but maybe we'll find out something about it one day. But it's just it's crazy. I mean, there's even like there's charm in the first movie of like just Daniel. Like I think when they're in the first tomb to get the first triangle piece, one of the bad guys is like. We only have 2 minutes or something. And cuz they're waiting for like the first alignment or something and he's like Daniel Craig or Mr. West, you're the tomb raider, figure this out. And I'm like, "Oh no, he's not the tomb raider. We know that." Like it's like there's little references that are fun and stuff like that. And then the second one is this everything. It's so oh god. I I hate. I mean, my favorite part about the second movie is the very beginning where it starts at that wedding. I think what, like, the wedding gets interrupted by the earthquake or something, because the earthquake is what causes the ruins to show up that they go to. But at the wedding, it's implied that the song Reason is Treason by Kasabian is playing at the wedding. I that is the furthest song from a wedding I have ever thought of type of thing and it's just I'm just like okay I guess that's a decision that I, I mean that album and song wasn't even popular back at that time of, of like 2001 so somebody just knew that song and it just gets away even in the first movie like huge gunfights when the house gets raided by like the SWAT people and they're trying to get the clock you know and she's on the chandelier and stuff Tons of gunfire. She's shooting screwdrivers out of a makeshift drill or something at a certain it's, point of uh, people.
0: Yeah, it's kind of pneumatic. Yeah, she, and
1: it's just like crazy shit's going on. And the whole time, like, EDM music is playing. And I'm like, this is so 2000s. This is so video gamey. I'm, I'm on board with it. And it's like they took all the wrong things from the first movie and were like, no, we need more globetrotting and how they globetrotted. We need more love interest. And it's just baffling to me. And so I think I have some other little things I want to say about these movies. But now that we I think we've fully explained the differences between these movies, I was shocked to find this one piece of information almost universally. Critics say the second movie is better than the first. Almost universally, Ben. Like it is like one of the things I found is like everybody that reviewed these two movies, they're only two years apart, they're like, This is the second one, they're like, It's not a good movie, but it's a massive step up from the first one. And I could not disagree more. Like I like I read this when I was like googling around on my computer and I like audibly was like, What the fuck? Like I was angry at the text (laughs) I was reading when I was researching this. Because it's it's the second one is so textbook, like with the love interest, with the James Bond stuff. And it's like that doesn't make it a. It's not better. I like the. Why does love interest need to happen? Like I think just one aspect, the first movie is definitively better because it lacks the love interest. We finally had a strong female character. Why? Why did that need to be changed? Uh, but that blew me away when I read that.
0: Uh, that. I mean, that just that just screams that they didn't rewatch the first movie before they wrote their reviews.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: It's like that was two years ago. It was probably worse. Like oh god just, yeah that doesn't that doesn't make any sense at all
1: god what you just said is I would imagine what went through critics like that literal sentence you said like that movie came out two years ago this has to be better I'm sure that's what a lot of them thought like <laughs> that's what I hate about a lot of those mainstream critics where they're like this is newer this is better and it's like god damn it like no that is not always the case
0: yeah that's not and it, it, it probably should be but it but it isn't
1: yeah, yeah that's the truth <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe it's too far. Maybe it's too far gone at this point. Insert some reference about how those critics probably like Beverly Hills Cops.
1: <laughs> no, that's like fine. Beverly we we can. Cops we will Cops. always use that as our punching bag for what a bad <laughs> movie is. I think that's that's like the one thing that I have to give Shrek some credit for. It's not as bad as Beverly Hills Cop.
0: <laughs> so I actually I I talked to some of my friends about you know every once in a while they'll ask me what I've been up to and I was like oh I have a podcast whatever. I told him, like, yeah, we actually did a a recording about the Shrek movie. And I was, they were like, oh, so what'd you guys talk about? I was like, well, that movie is is pretty bad. Like, it does not (laughs) hold up. And, like, three of my friends got really, like, kind of hurt about this.
1: Yes! Thank you, Ben! Thank you! Because Zach seems to think I'm a weirdo for telling him how defensive people get about Shrek. It's a fact! You've lived it! I've lived it! The world has lived it! People fucking, I've read things, like, I've read comments online like someone will post a Shrek meme and someone will comment like, at first I thought that this was saying Shrek was bad and I was about to, like, dox you, but then I read the rest of the post and I give you, and I'm okay with it now. That's their comment. Their comment is literally defending Shrek to the death. Fucking baffles me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, after after rewatching it, like, I mean, I liked that show plenty when I was a kid, but it is not, anyway, this is not an episode about Shrek, but Shrek's (laughs) not good. And, And my friends my friends think it is
1: people people get defensive it's it's very strange people get defensive and it's it's absolute bonkers because that movie doesn't deserve it but nobody gets defensive about tomb raider <laughs> they've completely forgotten these movies um i wouldn't get defensive over them but that... i think you
0: got a little defensive about the first one being better than the second or oh yeah
1: if i was if i could go back in time i would definitely be slapping some critics if they were yeah, like Cradle of Life was a better movie, I would be like, "Listen, you you are objectively wrong, and this is my podcast from the future explaining why." <laughs> like,
0: which of those words do you not understand? Better or movie? Like, I don't. You're using them wrong. Um...
1: So yeah, it's it, it was such a disappointing double feature, and then like I said, the reboot's kind of just like meh, whatever. So just some other tiny things about these movies. Um, I I love that. At the start of the first bad guy scene in the first movie, the Venice scene, where we get our first shot of the Illuminati and and they're like, we have to be ready for the planets aligning. They say that it's May 15th. Uh, in real time, we are very close to May 15th. Like this was May 11th when I watched it and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're close to the, the time of the movie. I, 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 like, I, I found some weird enjoyment from that, which I don't think you usually get in a lot of movies or I don't notice. But May 15th, Ben, that is also Ben Affleck's three-quarter birthday. Ben nodded with approval there. <laughs> uh, Lord Croft, Angelina Jolie's, uh, Lara Croft's father in this movie, is played by John Voigt. He doesn't have really anything to do. I think he has, what, two scenes um, at the beginning, at the end? Like both. Well, one's a flashback, one's the weird thing where she whines, Dad, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? Um, but John Voigt is Angelona, Angelina Jolie's real father. So it was pretty interesting that they were like, "We need a father and a, and a daughter, so we're going to cast real life father and daughter." And I always like when movies do that. the The Adam Sandler movie, "That's My Boy," the the um, the teacher that has sex with the student at the beginning of that movie is susan sarandon's daughter and then for the rest of the movie when they need her grown up they use susan sarandon which is wonderful casting i love when movies do that um but a lot of people also don't seem to know that john voight is angelina jolie's father i love the dude who plays mr Pims in the first movie like the red-headed skeletor looking guy of like the right hand of the the bad guy he doesn't have a lot to do in the movie but i think he's really fun like he's the one questioning he's like is this the box with the triangle in it? And he's like, yeah, but the triangle's not in there. What, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to tell the Illuminati? And he's like, don't fucking worry about it. And the guy keeps, like, asking about it. I, I liked a little bit of that. It was, it was, it was a, a little fun moment, you know? I, and then, you know, a lot of other stuff, just tiny things where, you know, it's like, oh, we get to see Daniel Craig before James Bond. I think he's, like, his ADR is bad in some scenes. I feel like his accent changes throughout the movie, which is always good fun to see. I love that Lara Croft's guns have all the bullets until they don't. <laughs> like, we get, she fires like a million rounds, and then she's fighting that boss statue, and she just runs out of ammo at a certain point. And I'm like, man, you should have reloaded, you should have checked if you went through a million bullets before this point in the movie. I, like, we, you mentioned before, Daniel Craig gets a shower scene. I thought that was pretty neat. You know, we talked about not having a love interest in the first movie, but I like that we get... Well, at the beginning, we get the, you know, Angelina Jolie is sexy woman. She gets the shower scene. But then we get almost the same shower scene with Daniel Craig, where it's him, like, running his hands through his hair and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's equality right there, you know? (laughs) Maybe we hit it in 2001. (laughs) But overall, this first movie, I think it's fine. I think it is fine. I only wish her dad had told her about the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) The second movie, I don't think I had anything... Oh, I guess the one of the things I wanted to say about the second movie is the, the right-hand henchman of of Kieran Hines, the bad guy, is Till Schweiger. And I was watching the second movie, and I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And it turns out that he's Hugo Stiglitz from Inglorious Bastards, which I never would have remembered. I had to look that up. But I was like, oh, he was actually doing things before Inglorious Bastards.
0: Another one up there you might be familiar with. Sergeant Hugo Stiglitz. Heard
2: of him? Everybody in the German Army's heard of Hugo Stieglitz.
1: (laughs) Other than that, I mean, that, that second movie is so bad, I was just like, please let it end. It's been a while since I've seen a movie that made me feel that way. Like, even Shrek, I wasn't like, please make it end. I think maybe because I was going into that with the reason of, like, I need to watch this movie and form my argument for why I think it's objectively bad... But this one, I was just like, oh, God, what what are we doing to ourselves? (laughs) And from what I found from the the internet and the research I did, the third Angelina Jolie-playing Lara Croft movie never happened because Angelina Jolie did not want to play the role again. I couldn't specifically find why, but... She said she was like, I feel like we did it, you know, it was fun to make, it's over, and that type of thing. Okay. The thing I did find is, if you think about Angelina Jolie today, if you even think about Angelina Jolie maybe in the late 2000s, early 2010s, I feel like there was the big pop culture joke, which was actually based in fact, that she was adopting every child she saw. Do you remember this? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that was very common. Yeah, and I'm sure, I think... Even BoJack Horseman makes a joke about that at a certain point, where whatever animal analog of Angelina Jolie exists in that movie or in that in that universe, in that show, she's adopting a bunch of children of different species and stuff like that. And so everybody knew about this. This turned out to be these the second movie, I believe, turned out to be the catalyst for her doing that, because in the second movie they filmed in Cambodia. And from okay. an interview with Angelina Jolie I read, she said that after this movie came out, she was like, we went to Cambodia, and I really liked acting in these movies because I, I got to travel and see the world. And she says she fell in love with Cambodia, and she, she got this like, awakened sense of you know, going to these other countries and trying to impl- improve their uh, quality of life and things like that. And the first child she adopted was a Cambodian child. And so this movie, the, her playing Lara Croft is the catalyst for why she has so many children from around the world. That like, if she didn't, if she wasn't in this movie, she wouldn't have traveled the world. She wouldn't have got this bug to like improve quality of life and adopt children. And we would never have this great joke. I I feel like I've heard comedians say it where they're like like an an Indian or a Middle Eastern comedian would say something like. When I was a kid living in, like, poor conditions in India or something, or the Middle East, my best hope at a better life was to be adopted by Angelina Jolie. Like, I, I feel like I've heard that joke before. and And this movie is the cause of that. So maybe, my guess is, even though I couldn't find an exact reasoning for why she didn't want to return to Lara Croft... She got so into like the Peace Corps aspect of traveling to different countries that she was like, I want to focus on that and not do movies for a little bit, which is which is wildly interesting. I, I never would have guessed that this is how it came around that we know Angelina Jolie adopts everything in sight. <laughs> I so
0: while you were talking about this the whole time, like I was just trying to find a good way to make some kind of like gotta catch all, Ash Ketchum <laughs> reference about Angelina Jolie adopting children, and I didn't come up with anything good, but um. <laughs> You know, i like that i like that <laughs> the idea is there so yeah if, so if, if anyone in our audience in the cinema audience comes up with a good like like angelina ketchum just didn't feel right ash jolie like that's not great
1: sure sure At,
0: and josh ketchley <laughs> like it's just it's not it's not coming together for me but if you if you think of it let us know
1: oh yeah there's definitely something there uh there's a joke there, absolutely. Oh, speaking of jokes, one thing – one of the charming things in the first movie that I think was an intentional joke and I really liked, she she goes to the monk and she's like, my phone is broken. Can I use your satellite phone? And she's on – she's talking to somebody, and the monk is just holding the satellite dish next to her, like, very stoically. I chuckled at that. I'm like, that's a, that's a neat visual and stuff. And I mean what they try to do that in the second movie with the commandeering oh, just... the TV in the people's yeah. hut or whatever, and I'm like – Okay, they have this TV that she they're can watching just, SpongeBob. Yeah, they're watching SpongeBob, and she can figure out how to hook up a cell phone and like a of home video camera to transmit across the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, it was like a little flip phone too, not like a. Yeah, it was so so weird. But any any other things that you want to talk about with these two movies? Any final thoughts on uh, on a Tomb Raider? So badass
0: woman riding the horse shooting the targets riding with both legs on the same side. What oh the fucks that
1: about. God, that's right. That was another thing where I saw it and I'm like you look like a moron. <laughs> well
0: that, that's like something that the women would do if they were wearing dresses that like prevented them from being able to ride the horse correctly.
1: Yes. Why yes. would
0: she be riding like that on purpose?
1: I was trying to think of where I've seen that before and I couldn't, but you just hit the nail on the head. It's in like movies that take place in like Victorian era where you have people going to a posh dinner and the women in dresses can't sit on the horse correctly because their clothes are fucking gigantic. Yes. And, and here, she's just, like, casually shooting arrows at spring-loaded no. targets. <laughs> it wasn't even arrows. It was She was shooting,
0: like, a, a rifle and a pistol.
1: I oh, okay, okay. I, oh, arrows is the reboot. She, there's a lot of bows, okay. bow in there in the reboot. That's what I was thinking of. It should have been fucking pneumatic screwdrivers on her horse in the second one. I would have loved that. <laughs> yep. She's
0: carrying around an air compressor.
1: Oh yeah, but that you're right. That looked so dumb. That looked so dumb. Oh.
0: And then like, the helicopter shows up, and she like does this thing where it's like, I think it's supposed to be like, I'm pissed off. This helicopter's not supposed to be here. Like that's the vibe I was getting. She's like stops the horse and then turns around and shoots the target. And I was like, this did not land. Like that <laughs> is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. And then, like in that moment, she like goes goes to riding it like leg over. Like she's like the way normal people ride horses. Mm-hmm. And then she like switches back to both legs on one side to like shoot a target. And I was like, yeah, what are you doing? It's
1: yeah, it's it's oh, God, it's like that. That's a good example of what I was saying. Like the action moments come off as goofy and dumb to me. Yes. And yeah, that, yeah, I, that whole one did.
0: I, I feel like when, when I say goofy, I feel like I don't normally also mean bad. In sure. this case, I mean bad. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it was just the action scenes just were bad. Like I don't even know if I have a better word for it. They just weren't good. <laughs> they didn't. They, they're not what you want from an action movie. They don't. They weren't. They didn't get me all pumped and psyched and like rooting for Angelina Jolie. It's like you're riding like this fucking dragon sign at half the speed of smell. Like I don't. Yep. I got to take you know. We got to give credit to Ron White for that joke. It's old, but it still is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, it's, it, is so, it was so disappointing. I think the last thing I wanted to mention was after I watched these and, and the reboot, I was kind of like, I, I got the bug in my head of looking into... Uh Video game movies, because this, th- both of these movies did really well. Of course, there was a, a monetary drop off in how much the second one made, but you know, the first one was very successful. And so I kind of was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. You know, what is, what are the, the top, you know, grossing video game movies? I found some conflicting info, because some lists do video game movies, some I found just lumped all games together. So like Clue was in there, because that's a board game. And, and one of the lists I found for, for just all games, the, the horror movie Ouija was in there. And I was like, is Ouija a board game? I guess technically it is. Like, it was licensed by, like, Milton Bradley, I think, or something like that. So it was just really weird. I was watching – I was reading the list, and it was like Ouija. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's a game. But this movie, actually, of to this day, you know, in middle of May when we're recording this, Tomb Raider, the first one – is somewhere around the number 9 to number 11 spot for highest grossing video game movie. So
0: Did you just say 9-11 to
1: it's, Yes, I did. And so it works perfectly for this podcast. But I was actually shocked that with how many video game movies have come since 2001, that this is that high. Like, this is either just in the top 10 or just out of the top 10, which was shocking to me. Do you have That's, any idea yes, what the number 1 highest grossing mo- video game movie is? Because it surprised me. It's one that I feel is entirely forgotten. It's
0: video game movies. Uh what there's like
1: I I nothing's coming to come mind really. So number 1 is Warcraft. Like and I I know that World of Warcraft is an incredibly popular MMO game. I I remember when the movie came out, but I remember everybody saying the movie was bad. And the I anime? feel like it,
0: it
1: No, no, the live action. I think from like 2016, I think it was 2017 maybe. Oh, I didn't
0: realize I thought that was an animated movie. I did not realize
1: to that. I mean, it's animated in the sense that everybody's a CG... Most people are CGI creations, of course. But okay. it's like, you know, like Paula Patton's in it. She's like a green orc type of thing. But that's number one. And I was what? like, that movie's number one? Like, that movie made all that money? Because the other ones... Number two is Detective Pikachu, which... I totally buy. Like, that's a modern Pokemon movie, and everybody loves Pokemon, and so I'm like, fine. Number three is the one I'm angry about. It's Rampage with The Rock. Technically, yes, it's a video game movie, but the video game was an arcade game with no story. Like, Rampage is a video game movie in the sense that they had a big white gorilla, and it was called Rampage. (laughs) Yeah. Number four, very surprisingly, is the Angry Birds movie which apparently did insanely well and I once again another movie I completely forgot about. And number 5 is Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal, which I also oh, wow. saw in theaters. Uh, but apparently that had that made a lot of money and that's number 5. It has staying power. And then you can like if you google around you can find these lists. But I was actually surprised to see that Tomb Raider is whether it's in 9 or 11 or whatever it lands on the ranking from actual monetary value that it made. It's just a Over Assassin's Creed. And I know we've talked about the Assassin's Creed movie a little bit before, but it's kind of weird to me that the Assassin's Creed movie is just under Tomb Raider from 20 years ago. And I think Assassin's Creed was 2016. That these old video game movies had staying power. There was a time when people really liked these movies, it seems. Um, and now you need something like Detective Pikachu or Angry Birds or Warcraft, like a big game, to actually like land these spots and stuff like that. I, just, I thought that was interesting, that Warcraft was number one, which is insane. Oh, that another one that I mentioned when I found the list that ranked movies based on games, Battleship was in there. Because that's based on Battleship, right? Based <laughs> on. That's the <laughs> loosest air quotes, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That... Have you seen that movie?
1: No, I I haven't. I know you told me about it once, and you were like, this is... I think you said it was, like, ridiculous or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, like, lose their ability to aim their missile systems correctly. Okay. And so they, like, grid out the ocean. And that's... (laughs) And then they're, like, fighting an alien, and they're just, like... You know, Battleship to Eve, whatever. Yes. Oh, God. Whatever yeah. nonsense.
1: Okay. I, I have to see that. I've always been tempted to do or propose a a video game series or, you know, movies based on video game series for Cinemodities. Battleship was one I'd want to talk about because that seems absolutely bonkers. The Super Mario Brothers movie. I still want to see the Assassin's Creed movie. I have a copy of it. I've never got around to watching it. But I've heard people say that it is the most, like, intellectually stimulating movie not just about like it's not just about like an assassin's creed type story you know with genetic memory and stuff like that it's actually yeah. getting at like what does it mean to make choices in video games and like do video games cause violence like there's apparently heavy philosophical ideas relating to video games in that movie and i'm like that sounds oh, wow. wonderful so i really want to see that one day
0: <laughs> i i also want to see it i i heard that it was um i think aggressively mediocre was the uh,
1: okay okay the term that i
0: that that I heard for it. But I, I now that you mentioned that, like that's, that sounds way more yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh,
1: aggressively mediocre is what I would expect from a modern video game movie. Um, you know, cause I feel like they do that all the time. Like, oh, they did the Tomb Raider reboot after those, the modern trilogy was fairly successful. They do Assassin's Creed. I mean, uh, it's not going to be long until—they've they, um, been talking about it. They want an Uncharted movie. They want Tom Holland to play Nathan Drake. They, they want—there's going to be like a Far Cry movie eventually. There's going to be a Fallout vi- movie eventually, if there hasn't been one that I don't know about. And I feel like they just pump these out because they're like, video game movies, I feel like they say there's already an ingrained fan base— And they assume that that fan base is going to go out and see the movie. But if we know anything about, like, video game culture, or at least what the internet tells us, these ingrained fan bases tend to hate everything. (laughs) They don't see—I don't think they're going to be like, oh, boy, I want to see the movie, you know?
0: In in my experience, they— do hate everything, but they also do watch the movies.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, I think the Sonic movie is a good example of that. Yeah. When the whole the whole Sonic thing with the before it came out, the backlash that it got, changing designs and things like that. Right. And then I think the Sonic movie also did fairly well. It's it was one of the highest grossing movies of 2020. Um, ignore the Which... fact that no other movies came out after that one in theaters in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, that was that 2020 was a weird year for movies. Uh so yeah, video game movies are just insane and um I guess technically later on in this fort year we will do one more. Uh we're doing Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, but that's not based on a video game. It's just has the name Final Fantasy. That's a doozy of a movie. Um, but yeah, video game movies, we will have to check out Assassin's Creed one day. I, I hope there's something there that if, if it's a movie that we can watch and sit down and be like, listen, it was pretty cool because it's Assassin's Creed. And I, I haven't played the Assassin's Creed games fully. I know Ben's played them more, but I love the idea of genetic memory as like a means to time travel. Like, I think that's a really neat sci fi concept. But if it's something where we can be like talking about the philosophical notion of what it means for like will and choice in video games, I'm all about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's
0: that sounds really interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we, we should do
0: a deep dive in it, maybe on the Patreon.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do a little plug there. Come check us out on the Patreon.
1: Yes. So with the, those things out of the way, Ben, are you ready for our questions? Yeah, sure. I don't think this is going to be uh, anything anything groundbreaking. Um, I think it's it's pretty much, you know, uh, <laughs> just a fait accompli at this point. Cinemates and Late Night, I'm going no for both. This is a straightforward – for both uh, questions in both both movies. It's a no across the board. They're straightforward, sometimes fun action-adventure films, but nothing odd about them. And Late Night, there is nothing to be gained from watching these. Like, this is – like, I wouldn't want to show this to anybody. I don't think there's anything to talk about in these movies like we said before, they're not even like a so-bad-it's-good type of thing. I don't even think you can really laugh at it with a group of people. So it's just a flat no on all counts for me. Like, Tomb Raider, get out of here. Unfortunately, I know it's not our, our main focus, but even Womb Raider, no. Like, late-night movie, if you're looking for something to set the mood with your significant other, don't put Womb Raider on. You're going to be like, why are they talking so much? Get to the fucking... <laughs> so what do you think, man, for these movies? Uh-
0: um, I, I think I've, I've mentioned it before. It's, it's kind of the, uh, I don't know. It's it maybe, maybe my, my running joke or, or, maybe it's just my catchphrase at this point. But if you need something to help you fall asleep, <laughs> sure, you, sure. You, can, you can put on the first Tomb Raider. The second Tomb Raider is so bad. It will make you too angry to sleep. I think.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, that, that being said, I actually, it took me like, probably five times, trying to watch the second one because I just couldn't make myself watch it. It's Like, rough. I just started working instead, and I was like, oh, no, I have
1: to watch it. It's really rough. It's really rough. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so. Uh,
0: so, for all right, late
1: night, Cinemodities, no, 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 no. that Was that too many? <laughs> to no, I think that knows? was good because you said no, 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 no. I think there were five, so if you're saying no to Womb Raider as well, that's good.
0: <laughs> all right, there we go no all right okay so yeah that's that's none of that
1: yeah so then that brings us to snacks and things for the restaurant um i had a few i, I think um i i really only took from the first movie the second one i was really just like oh god i, I don't i don't want any of this um one the one i want to start with is every once in a while i don't know if any of them have come up when you've been on ben but every once in a while there'll be something in a movie that i want to draw from for the restaurant but only like me you and zach can use it like, it's something that we don't want for the general, the masses, or the even the employees or something. And I would like, from this movie, the magic healing tea. We oh. can use that. We have our own stash of magic healing tea. Just in case something happens where we get injured, we can drink the tea and we heal up right away. And I have to say... I like in this movie that it's a magic healing tea that you just drink. Do you remember in Wanted, they had to take like full body white liquid baths to heal up?
0: Yeah, it looked like paraffin wax actually.
1: Yeah, liquid and, liquid. and yeah. that didn't even heal them instantly, it just healed them faster. And I was yeah. like, fuck that, we just got tea to do that for us, you know?
0: <laughs> Speaking of Wanted, that's a better and Jolie movie.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Wanted is, the stuff that's stupid about Wanted is stupid in a fun way. Oh yeah, I, I love that movie.
0: I mean, as as bad as it is, I love that movie.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Good old uh, directed by Timur Bekmambetov, who we're going to see Profile soon. Directed by him as well for the Patreon. <laughs> can, can we
0: add a new distinction to late night movie? Like, this isn't a late night movie, but you should go watch one of them.
1: Well, no, actually, I think we can. I think you said that for another movie. You were like, don't watch this, watch Hot Fuzz. I feel like I feel like you've set this precedent already. So I don't remember there what that go. was for, but I think I think it might have been Beverly Hills Cop. But that precedent has been set.
0: Okay, don't <laughs> don't watch this. Watch one.
1: <laughs> I like that. It's a when Ben doesn't recommend the movie we watched, he recommends the movie he rather would have watched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I also, another thing, because like I said, I love statues coming to life. We, we do have some, like, defenses in the restaurant. Like, we have bouncers and stuff like that. We have some, some, you know, things that are supposed to protect the restaurant. Let's get some statues that come to life to defend the restaurant. Just, you know, in case anybody's getting too rowdy, maybe we'll have to look through maybe this is like a four-year anniversary thing we list all the defenses we have for the restaurant and then we we like rank them in tiers so it's like oh if a customer is getting rowdy we have the first defense the second defense and then maybe like the statues coming to life are are like for more serious events or things like that um but i I want some statues coming to life in the restaurant now for things that we could put in the restaurant this was something i wanted to ask you about what do you think about like a cinemodities auction house like, do we need auctions in the restaurant? One, I have no idea what we'd be auctioning off, but it seems kind of fun that we could set up an auction house or, like, a bidding thing in the restaurant where the auctioneer could choose which bids to pay attention to. Like, I would love someone, like, jumping out of their seat, lifting their paddle or hand, trying to bid, and the, and the, the auctioneer's just actively ignoring them.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, the, the auction again, because I'm reminded of an episode of Psycho Watch recently where where one of the characters is just like I've been working on my paddle race it's subtle. <laughs> and I was just like is is this a thing? Like I feel like I've heard this before where it's like there's some amount of emphasis on like a subtle movement. Why? The auctioneer's gonna say it.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like
0: he's gonna I mean the only thing that might happen is people might not know it's you that's that's bidding.
1: Yeah, yeah. And but I I've never really understood that either. And that that's something okay. that movies and TV shows have like They've done up to the nines. I feel like there's auction scenes where you'll see someone literally like their hand will be on their knee and they will just lift their index finger and the auctioneer will be like two million bid from the gentleman. It's like everybody's sitting in chairs on the same level. How did you see that? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, do we want an auctioness in the restaurant? I mean, it, it's not like we're like short on space. Like We have like an infinite.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: So, so I, I guess I, I don't see any like huge glaring reason not to, other than maybe it's kind of boring. So like we have to work on what we're going to auction. Like, yeah, are yeah. we going to auction other customers? <laughs> are we like, going to
1: have... traffic humans?
0: <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying that, but but yeah, I mean, it's like, going to come up,
1: if we don't say it now, it'll come up in the focus group later on. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I mean, you know, these people have been lost in here for years. Might as well auction them off. I, that, okay,
1: I like that. I like that. They I don't mean, even remember who they are. Do they so. become our property after a certain point because they've yeah. been in our restaurant for so long? It's, it's
0: like common law marriage.
1: <laughs> That's better. I was about to say it's like those storage units people don't pay for that they auction off. I like yeah. common law marriage better. Yeah. That's probably a more accurate and acceptable depiction. <laughs> it's like after, after five or six years, like this
0: is basically ours. Uh, we've yeah. been paying for it this whole time. Might as well make some money back <laughs> off of it. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, we we can toy with it. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, okay. I think we can. I think we can include an auction house. But we, we gotta. We need to flush it out a little bit more. Definitely. We start okay. construction.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that. i will start construction. The other the other thing that I wanted to add because we have like a like a main street type of thing with some different services. Like uh, of course from our three year extravaganza, we know that we have a barber shop where Sydney Sweeney works. And cries, unfortunately. Um, but maybe somewhere in that same vicinity, we would put like a clock slash watch repair shop where people could bring in their broken clocks or watches or whatever. And then the repairman would just smash them with a hammer. <laughs> and the, that would be it. It would be like, you know, like the customer would come in. They'd have like a, anything, like a watch, a clock. It could be a grandfather clock. It could be anything like that. they bring it in and be like, oh, it's not working or blah, 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 whatever is wrong with a clock. Um, or I don't know. Do people say clocks are too loud or something like that? And then they they're like okay you know they drop it off and they're like you know when can I when should I come back for it and the guy working there is just like no no need I got it right here just takes out a hammer whacks it a few times like look at that it's all good to go <laughs> what do you think perfect it's pretty good it's, I,
0: <laughs> I I think it adds to like this kind of aura of misery that we've been yes. building up in Sinmay's restaurant so. Totally. That's
1: that's right on brand. Right on. Right on. Uh, And then I actually had two uh, food items or dishes. I'll start with the one that that is just it's going to be on the menu like food. It is definitively not food. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the end of the first movie, when Angelina Jolie gets all dressed up to look at her father's grave and then she goes back into the house. And I think she's like there's like, oh, another mission for you, Lara. And the waiter has, he has like a platter and there's a sheet covering it. And he pulls off the sheet and it's just two guns. I would, like the menu item is just called two guns. And if you order it, you just get guns on a platter. And I figured since in the movie, it's just guns on a platter and you don't think it's food. You know, it's very much like in line with the movie. It's like, oh, here's your weapons, madam, that type of thing. In the restaurant, it's served where like the two guns are laid out on the silver platter. And then there's like a little cup of ketchup
2: to imply
1: that it is for eating.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. So
1: it's just, it's just called Two Guns, and it's Two Guns with a Condiment.
0: <laughs> that's really good.
1: And then my, my last one was in the first movie we see her. She's on the phone with somebody, and I think with Old Archaeologist Man, and the Old Archaeologist Man is like, I might know someone who can help you out with your clock, which leads her to the bad guy. And while she's like on the phone or when she hangs up the phone, we hear something like a staticky, like electronic noise. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And it turned out to be that she had food in the microwave that exploded. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. And she throws the food out. So I was thinking that we could just buy like microwave dinners from like a Walmart or something. And if anybody ordered it, Like, maybe we call it, like, exploded microwave dinner. We cook it in the microwave until it explodes and then just serve the customer the exploded thing. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I did want to ask you, I haven't eaten, like, a microwaved frozen dinner ever. Not ever, but not in a long time. And from when I have, I don't think I've ever let it explode because I'm not on a phone with old archaeologist man. And even if I am on the phone, I feel like I know when to check it or something like that. But whatever. If it explodes, she, like, throws it out. Did it ruin the food? I would imagine that whatever's left in the container is still good. It'd just be really hot. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Okay, I didn't know if you had an experience where you'd be like, did it burn it?
0: It depends on on what the food item is. If it's something that's exploding, I I imagine something like lasagna. Sure. Because other things like chicken tenders obviously aren't going to explode. But if, if you have something that could explode on a plate with chicken tenders, your chicken tenders are probably dried the fuck out.
1: Yes, that that's a good point. That's a good point. So I get. It, I was definitely thinking like a lasagna or like a pasta thing that she had to stir it or something looks like that. Yeah. But she, yeah, when she throws it, out, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's got to be some food left in there. <laughs> yeah and we also yeah. don't see her like try i would have loved if we got to see her like try again like unwrap another frozen thing and put it in there because uh, in the movie we assume she just doesn't eat dinner that night yeah
0: probably well, th- mean, which also she hates
1: that, physique. that that <laughs> yeah, exactly she's like well i'm not eating and i'll just go bungee cord in the in the grand ballroom of my mansion but that actually brings up something i just thought of she's making her own food late at night and late at night I might buy that she's making her own food. You know, she's doing a little microwave thing. Do we ever see in her mansion any staff other than the butler and the tech guy? No, I don't think so. Where the fuck are the maids? Where's the groundskeepers? Where's the chefs? Like, is it just literally 83 rooms for three people and one of them doesn't even sleep there?
0: (laughs) Uh, So I'm glad you, you mentioned the mansion again. It reminded me of the scene after the big shootout when, like, a delivery shows up. Oh, and she yeah. goes down the stairs <laughs> and she's like I woke up in the morning and just hated everything.
1: Yes, yes. That got a chuckle out of me too. I was like that's a fine moment, you know. Yeah. And and it's it's also like a little uh it's like a little um like a early 2000s woman joke, you know, where yeah. it's like I just hated the decor. But it's like it it works cuz it's like at that point, like if that happened at the beginning of the movie, it would have been like that's dumb. But it happened after we know that she's a badass woman type yep. of thing. And we also know that her her fucking like butler is also badass, because the butler oh, puts on his yeah, puts on his slippers, his his bulletproof vest, and busts out a shotgun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's so non uh, non plus? Is that is that a word it def-
1: Yeah, non plus it definitely seems like he's he, he is right I was expecting to get a shot of his face where he's like, here we go again type of thing. Yeah, like this is right. not the first time it's happened. Uh, but... <laughs> uh,
0: again.
1: But yeah, yeah it's it, it was something else. So those those are all my snacks. Uh, ben, did you have any snacks or activities for the restaurant from Tomb Raider?
0: So you came super prepared, so I don't feel like I have to make up as many things on the spot as I normally do.
1: I thought you were gonna say I forgot this wasn't for Patreon, where we don't talk about the restaurant. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I
0: think I would have known that. I generally tend to be involved in those decisions, and I was not involved at all for this one. So, um, uh, what? So, whenever, whenever Laura Croft uh, takes, goes, goes to meet the bad guy, the guy who's working for the Illuminati in this one, uh, she takes pictures of of the clock to him instead of taking the real clock because yeah. she's concerned he would trace it. I'm thinking that we replace all of the clocks in the restaurant with pictures of clocks. <laughs> And then occasionally somebody goes around and changes them with a different picture of a different time.
1: Perfect. That was going to be my question. Do we leave them up permanently or do we have to, like, replace them? Okay, do you have any idea, like, how frequently we would replace them?
0: I, I would like to believe it's kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge scenario where it's, like, you get to the end and it's, like, it's already dry. you got to start painting it again. Sure. Like, I just want one guy constantly going around changing out these pictures.
1: <laughs> okay, I like that. So we'd have to hire or or we would have to give a current employee a new title of like clock picture director yep. of clock photography or something yes. like that <laughs> okay i dig that and i also i also think that sets up for something that probably happens like in some restaurants, maybe bigger restaurants, but happens, like, like I think about it as, like, um, construction workers. Like, maybe there's t- there's times when, like, construction zones are so big, they'll, like, put a bunch of cones out or, like, road signs, and then when they're done and they're supposed to clean them up, they might, like, miss one or something. Mm. Like, this, th- what you described opens up where, like, the guy, he, he misses a clock or something, so one clock is just really far in the past or something like that. <laughs> or, you know, it depends on what clock. I guess the other question is, are they all gonna be like pictures of the same clock, or is like this one's digital, this one's analog, this one has. Oh, definitely has... different. Clocks. Okay.
0: I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, whatever clock, whatever the clock is now, we want pictures of that clock.
1: Okay. Oh, I got you. I got you. I'm also. Hey. I'm loving the fact that we should totally have a picture of a sundial somewhere. <laughs> because yes. the restaurant is indoors and the sun would not reach it, but we'd have a picture of a sundial like with a shadow on it. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm here for it. That's great.
1: Oh, okay. That that's really cool. I like that. Just pictures of clocks throughout the restaurant. Really? That is that also would add to people not knowing, losing all sense of orientation in the restaurant. Spatial, <laughs> temporal, <laughs> Just, emotional.
0: And and, and so th- then uh, we need to we need to build a room. And I don't know if we can do this. Um, I'm not sure what we have access to in terms of contractors and stuff. Uh, we need to build like a, a add on to maybe sin like the children's play place like the cave thing from the second movie. So like the oh. kids can just like be like lose all all idea of any kind of spatial orientation and then accidentally crawl out of the tunnel on the top and just fall down. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, that that's good. Like a like a McDonald's play place with different planes of gravity. <laughs> yes.
2: Yep.
1: Would we keep a slide that goes into an acid pit? <laughs> I don't see why not. Would um, Pandora's box also be in that acid pit? <laughs> we, we could probably
0: put something that's like Pandora's box in there. Okay. But, um, <laughs> like, we got, like, Petri dish- dishes of, like, bacteria and stuff, right? Like, yes. We can, our our, we can put- our
1: germ petting zoo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can put some of those in there. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, that that's great. And also, the pictures of clock thing, I think this might be the, the cherry on top of my clock slash watch repair shop. Somebody brings in an actual clock or watch the person working there smashes it and then hands them a picture of the clock or watch that they brought.
0: (laughs) The the next thing I was thinking of is, is... The end of the first movie, the dude throws the knife at Daniel Craig, and then she goes back in time and redirects it, and somehow that also changes its momentum.
1: Oh yeah, I almost forgot about. It. There's so much crazy shit going on. I forgot that she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna struggle to whip this knife around, but like you said, not change or change its momentum type of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's difficult for her to do. Like we get blood on her yes. hands and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm imagining like a room where people can go. To, uh, to throw knives that will then mid-flight be redirected back at them and they can, like, try to dodge the knife. <laughs> that they're
1: throwing. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. It's like, have you seen those? I would assume it's a carnival game, but I'm sure it's elsewhere. Those things that test your reflexes, like the poles, you have to stand there and the poles fall randomly and you have to catch them. Yeah. It's like that, but you, like, you're throwing knives and you have to dodge them as they come back and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're not trying to kill yourself, you dodge them. If you if you are, I mean, it could be like a suicide room, whatever. Like, yes. I mean, yes,
1: we're, we're It's up to them forever. how they how they want to use it. it's up to the cu- the customer is always right.
0: <laughs> that's, that's right. Next, uh, I, this is just kind of like a, a toying with the name, going with off of like the hot sludge Sundays and the Womb Raiders. Like, I'm thinking we need something like Tomb Taters. It's just like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, I love that. And then the menu item, it says Tomb Taters, and then the description of the item is just block text explaining why it's called Tomb Taters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, very much like you did at the beginning of this for Womb Raiders.
1: Tomb Taters. Oh, that's wonderful. Tomb Taters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, just for the aesthetics, like it'll be like a big bowl of potatoes with, like, tunnels dug out, almost like an ant farm, but in potatoes. Okay.
1: I like. Oh, that's awesome! I like that. <laughs> Tomb um, Tomb Taters is one hundred percent. That should be on like Pinterest recipe of the day or something. You know, <laughs> like just I, I just watched all the Tomb Raider movies. And I made Tomb Taters while I watched them. <laughs> then we get so many upvotes or whatever the hell it is on Pinterest.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, do I have anything else? Can I make up anything else on the spot? Because that's how I operate. <laughs> I, I think that we could probably do, oh, yeah, we need an indoor track with Jeeps and people with parachutes. <laughs> okay. And you don't, don't parachute into the Jeep. You start off in the Jeep, and
1: then while you're when they get up to
0: speed, you throw your parachute back and oh. let it yank you out of the Jeep.
1: Okay, okay. I could dig that. That's cool. That'd be fun, just, I think. That sounds, yeah,
0: like, that sounds like it might actually be fun
1: <laughs> if you don't, like, break your legs because –
0: you're probably going to hit the jeep on the way out. Oh, anyway, a good point. Yeah. I
1: was going to say maybe we we can charge them extra if they want a a soft mat surface in the vicinity we think they're going to land.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's probably. let I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and stop before I become the bad guy or whatever. Bad I said. <laughs>
1: okay okay die die the hero sure sure no this was good we got a we got a good bit to add to the restaurant here absolutely so uh, I guess with that being said next week we will have a special guest continuing on the four year we will have LaShawn back to talk vehicles with the fast and the furious is he gonna
0: tell us how much faster your car is when it has underglow?
1: Maybe we could ask him that for sure. Um, the last, this is—I'm a- very excited for this discussion because the last time Lashawn was on, uh, him and I discussed Superfast, which is the parody of the Fast and the Furious, and that movie is horrendous, but. He had a a lot of stuff where he's like, he's like, that he had stories about cars in that movie that I never would have thought. So, we're going to have a good car expert for this one. And when we have that discussion, Ben, I give you free range that when we start, you can ask him So, LaShawn, what is a car? (laughs) (laughs) Cargo vroom
0: vroom? (laughs) LaShawn, in in your expert opinion, what makes an object a car?
1: featherless bipedal man is the car. <laughs> so that that's going to be good. I will also finally get to see another Fast and the Furious movie because I've only seen Tokyo Drift in the entire franchise. Um, so that'll be a, a sure. very... Yes, that's the only one I've seen. Um, so that will be a good conversation. That's next week. And oh, I, and then I guess that says, you know, of course, feel free to continue sending us hate mail uh, at, at gmail.com for why we disliked Shrek. Uh, Please don't swap me again. My apartment can only take so much. There's only... The barrier of people standing outside and fighting in front of my apartment is getting whittled away by the SWAT teams that people are sending because I I don't like Shrek. But, of course, also, uh, you can... Uh, reach us at the cinemodities subreddit where we have some cool info about the show and then of course me and ben are always on the cinemodities patreon where you can get access to bonus content and support the podcast and if you don't remember from our three extravaganza we have upped it we are doing three releases a month one is always some movie we discuss in a good fun way the way that you're used to one is adventure time and then one is miscellaneous, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on there. So head on over to the Patreon. And I think this is coming out at the end of May, so this is the month of searching that you will get if you join the Patreon this month. Searching is a good movie. Yes, searching is a very good movie. And uh, so you get searching, and then our discussion about the bonus, ep- the bonus features on the searching Blu-ray. And then the upcoming months are all going to be some new movies we're discussing, some movies that just came out in theaters. An Angry Guy movie and... Uh, Well, we don't have one. We haven't seen Profile yet, so I don't know what we're calling Profile. (laughs) The guy who directed Wanted will direct a Screen Life movie. (laughs) How could you (laughs) not want to check that out? (laughs) So any any final thoughts from you, Ben, on uh, Tomb Raider, Womb Raider, Tomb tomb Taters? Tomb
0: Tomb Taters.
1: (laughs) Patreon, Uh, anything? (laughs) No, I mean, come come check out the
0: Patreon. Come give us your support, even if you don't want to give us uh, your dollar a you can uh, you can always come read the page. Rob and I did put like some amount of effort into that. It's got some <laughs> funny shit on it. Yes, uh, so yes, come check it out. That and you know as always, um, we got to pitch my my side projects. Nice. I, I I don't know if I've if I've mentioned. I think I have mentioned Zeanderthal apps on here before. Yes. Uh, that that company uh, or LLC has now changed its name to Rocket Bear Apps. All one word, Rocket Bear Apps, and uh, that is where you can find, uh, in the Play Store and the App Store, you can find uh, the my Magic life-counting application, which is the first one I've ever put up for any money. Uh, it's it's a $2 app that is the most robust life-counting app you'll ever find for Magic. So check it out. Uh, Rob will put a link in the doobly-doo. Indeed. And, yeah, there we go. Right on, That's right all. on. That's all i got to say. Come check out the Patreon, though. You, you will hear us talk about movies that probably will never make it to the main... Uh, or they de- once we talk about it on the Patreon, they definitely won't make it to the main. Uh, to the main, we would page, have to
1: but. be in like dire straits where it's like, oh god, we literally have no episode and no way to record an episode for an upcoming Monday. I will just copy one of the Patreon episodes.
0: It you know, might not be a bad idea. Give people a little taste of what they're missing out by not. Uh, we can give them. We can give them that FOMO, the feelings of missing out. Uh, sure. sure. That, <laughs> so they can know what they're missing. But yeah, come come uh, subscribe to the Patreon. And give us some requests. I think I think Rob was telling me earlier we, we got our first requests yes, from the fans. Yeah, yeah so from we, our, our giving... patron,
1: uh, Joseph Michael. Shout out to him. He's paying for it. He's making requests. We're going to be talking about the movies he wants us to talk about. Um, which I'm pretty excited for. I mean, I, I like the these movies that we talked about. I think we can keep that secret, what we're going to do for the Patreon yet, because I also think we haven't fully decided. Um, but I think everything he requested, there would be no way in hell I would ever watch them otherwise. <laughs> 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 and so I'm very interested in seeing those types of movies. <laughs> sure,
0: yeah. I think there was only one of them that I was familiar with, or maybe two that I was familiar with. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. So... I've kind of mumbled on long enough now. I think that's probably good.
1: I guess that brings us to the 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 last thing to say in this episode is that. Uh, whoa, geez. Well, one. Oh my god, how could I forget? Zach's not here. We have to talk about why Zach isn't here. He's playing hooky. He's just yeah, straight he's up playing hooky. We didn't tell. He might be lost in the restaurant. He might not be at the restaurant. I don't know. He's playing hooky. <laughs> he
0: didn't tell anybody where he was going to be. As far as we know, Zach's not even alive.
1: He could be raiding tombs. He could he, be raiding wounds. Ra-
0: yes, he could be raiding He's actually, he probably flew to the director's house of Raider to give them a scathing review in person. <laughs> That's-
1: I, I'm, I'm also, I don't know if Zach goes back and listens to the episodes he's not on, but he was not aware that I was going to do such a deep dive into adult erotic content for this. So I hope he one day listens to this and he's like, oh my God, they talked for almost 30 minutes about porn. <laughs> <laughs> That would be wonderful. I hope I hope he finds that one day.
0: It was softcore porn, Zach. You don't have to be that upset.
1: We're working our way up to the uh, the hardcore. It barely even
0: counts if there's no penetration. Yes. So.
1: And then the final thing is, of course, how do we end this episode? And I think uh, there's actually a lot of music in this movie that's pretty decent. Um, one of the ones they use is a song I was familiar with. Well, they use a few songs I was familiar with. But one of them is Fatboy Slim's Illuminati. And I figured that would be the best way we play that in reverse. Um, And I think then the last thing I have to say to you, Ben, is, uh, Ben, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? I want you to say that to people tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? (laughs) I really really hope, and you didn't say
0: it, so it's probably not the case, but I hope in Womb Raider, the Illuminati, like
1: N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. No, that would have been great, but no, they don't do that. It's just Dr. Scrotus. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Scrotus, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> Dad! <laughs>
2: Sell us, do it, this assister is something. Is kind Is he 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 is love.